Your Say on London's Biggest Conversation with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning team, nice to be company. Welcome along to Sunday. It's Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast. It's July the 18th. Oh, I slurred then. July the 18th. And actually, I, I came into town yesterday for lunch and I parked down where I normally park. And at the beginning of the street, they've got roadworks. And if you looked down the street, there were these yellow signs on all the parking bays. And nobody parked there. And so I drove down anyway. And had a look, and I thought, oh no, that's not till today. Sorry, tomorrow, when they start doing the uh, the drains. So I was the only car parked down there. But to park for four hours in this particular place where I park, seventeen pounds plus twenty pence, twenty pence for the administrative charge. I thought I'm paying for the phone call. How can there be an administrative charge? It was terrible. Seventeen pounds. I'm not surprised nobody can afford to eat out in London anymore. Cost you half as much as the price of the meal. Uh, the weather forecast for today, in case you are going eight. I can tell you it's cloudy at the moment, light rain is possible, but this afternoon, warm and sunny, which means that you'll have a drenching this morning. If it's raining in your, your area, do let me know. And then this afternoon, the steam will rise from the pavements. It's typical, isn't it? Just when I go and get the car washed yesterday, and it all looks nice. I've got the Matrix grill on. Matrix grill looks very nice. I quite like it, actually, because before I had a, a slatted grill, and now I've put the Matrix on, and it's changed the whole look of the car. It's, it just looks completely different. And I'm, I'm very pleased, actually. I quite like it. In fact, I think I shall sleep in it today. But then I've, I think some, we've had one of the, the tyres changed. We've moved, moved the tyres around, which is very good. And uh, there's a bit of damage, I think, on one of the alloys, which I've sort of looked at thinking, oh, I don't know what the dickens that is. Anyway, high today, 23 degrees, currently 13. Pollen count is low, which is good news for those of you who suffer. Uh, tonight, staying dry, cloud breaking up some clear spells. The low, 14 centigrade, warmer than last night. And tomorrow... Oh, this is good news for us. Mainly dry with some sunny spells becoming warm, clousing, cloud increasing from the west of town during the afternoon. But there's not rain. Tuesday, there's cloudy with rain. And then Wednesday, we should be all right. We're having the patio dug up tomorrow. So what we've, I've had to clear the patio. Me and Lynn together have cleared the patio. All the pots are off and it's all there ready for the workmen to come in tomorrow. They've, they've erected uh, a scaffolding tower. And uh, I, was, I was fascinated because, you know, I've talked about scaffolding before and I've often said, how does it stay up? I've often wondered. It looks as though it's just quite rickety. But in fact, our one is rock solid. I mean, it is so hard. And it turns out what they do is they, they, they clip one of the metal bars and then they've clipped underneath the building and they've clipped it onto the thing there. And then there's another one at the side. So it's absolutely rock solid. Very impressive. Very impressive. I haven't actually quite... To, got to the stage of climbing the thing because I'm not very good on heights. I've only got to watch people standing on the edge of cliffs and I, I get quite queasy. I watched the beginning, much to my embarrassment last night. I watched two embarrassing programmes last night. One was the 101 Gays... Way, 101 Gays, sorry. 101 Ways to Leave a Game Show with Steve... Might as well have been 101 Gays, actually. Because it was just a stupid premise. He's an OK presenter for maybe Channel 4 programmes. When it comes to the BBC and it comes to primetime programmes, I'm looking for people with experience. And that's why I was looking for people like the Bob Monkhouses, the, uh, the Bruce Forsyths, those, that calibre of presenter. I don't want to see somebody who's used to, used to doing youth programmes because it just doesn't work as far as I'm concerned. They haven't got the experience and it shows up in poor Steve Jones on the BBC, on this show, which is lame, to say the least. I mean, I wish they'd bring back 
Noel Saturday Night programme, Crinkly Bottom, because it had all the celebrities on, it was fun, there was an element of... Ex- he was excited. Now, you've got celebrities who aren't very good. They are famous through being famous, and they put them on these programmes, and somebody goes, oh, let's use them. However, equally worse was Bradley Walsh's game show, which must have been filmed some time ago. It had Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen on. Uh, it had... Jason Manford, who must have been thinking when he did the show, I need to get a game show. I think this one's been on the shelf for a little while. And then after he gets this, he then gets the one show. But unfortunately, he's already embarrassed himself on this dreadful programme, which is hosted by Bradley Walsh, who we also get in a quiz show in the afternoon. They must shovel these things out together. But then ITV, in their infinite wisdom, then think, and here's where I have a little bit of a dilemma, because I've spoken to him before, Stephen Mulhern, hosting a primetime show on Saturday night on ITV. It's a cro- it was obviously the show that uh, Anton Deck didn't want to do because it's very nice, but he's just not experienced enough to host a, th- uh, a show like this. Great for doing ITV2, X Factor, you know, Britain's Got Talent and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to hosting a show, he's not up to it. Now, what will happen, and as has happened before, they will take somebody... Like that. And I remember it years ago with Martin P. Daniels, who is Paul Daniels' son. They went, oh, Martin, right, let's give him a quiz show. And they gave him a, a quiz show, game show. And it didn't work. That was the last you ever saw of him. And what's going to worry me is that Stephen Mulhern, who's perfectly personable, but he's not at that right level yet. He's absolutely nowhere near it. And they put him on a show. It won't do particularly well because people who watch it won't. They go, oh, that's a bit lame. Flip back to the BBC and you've got John Barrowman doing a show who's very over the top and he's doing clips from West End shows. And it's a far slicker production. Stephen Mulhern obviously has a good scriptwriter, But if this show bombs in the ratings, that's the last time you'll ever see him. They won't use him again for a primetime show. And it, it, it won't happen. And I, I, I get dreadfully worried about it. And I look... Uh, Steve Jones, and I look at Bradley Walsh, and they can't, they just can't do those shows. They're, they're not experienced enough. And I speak as somebody who, who's watched television, so I'm in, I'm in as good a position as anybody else. I can spot somebody who knows how to do a game show, and I don't say it because I know him, but Dale knows how to do a quiz show. As opposed to somebody who's just paid to stand there and go, that, 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 this, and then tell a few gags. You need somebody who is naturally comfortable in front of the cameras. Steve Jones is not comfortable. He can't stand in front of the cameras. He leans onto the rostrum. Bradley Walsh is a comedian, but, you know, when you get the likes, you sit there and you think, oh, please, God, don't bring Eamon Holmes on again. Please don't bring Eamon Holmes on again. Please don't bring... Because all these people just can't be working. That's why they're eminently available to do naff quiz shows. And, in fact, strangely enough... The Bradley Walsh Show is an old one, an old format revamped from years ago. Steve Jones, the very lovely Steve Jones, used to do, years ago, the Pyramid Game on the television. And part of the Pyramid Game was this um, bit where they brought people on and they go, right, here we have four people. And one would stand up and go, I'm Dale Winton and I'm a TV presenter. And the next one would go, I'm Dale Winton and I'm a TV presenter. And the next one would go, I'm Dale Winton. I'm a TV presenter, and the last one would say exactly the same. And you had to work out which one was the real Dale Winton. And all they did last night was do exactly the same, except they go, one of these people here is a roller skating star. Which one is it? Or one of these men is wearing a beard. Which one is the... All these men are wearing beards. Which one is not wearing a real beard? And you had to work it out. And it was exactly the same as Steve Jones's show from, like, 30 years ago. The difference was, it was enlightening then. Now, it just looks tired and dated. And if Stephen Mulhern rates on that programme, I'll be very surprised. If Bradley Walsh rates, because the calibre of the celebrities is weak.
I mean, they must... It's almost like booking for I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Who is available? I couldn't help thinking as I look on the front pages of some of the papers this morning and they start talking about the Strictly Come Dancing and they start saying, now they're actually saying um, uh, they're going to put uh, Frank Bruno in Strictly Come Dancing. And I'm going, what? Are you sure he'd be the right person to put it? I mean, unless... Unless you're actually looking and thinking, well, they've put Anne Whittacombe in there as a joke. Because, quite frankly, whoever gets to dance with the poor soul, there's going to be no lifts, are there? You're not exactly going to be hoisting Anne Whittacombe over your head and spinning around. And she's going to be difficult. Because on every programme she does, she's very pushy. She's very, very pushy. So I can see her on this programme. They're going to have to try and find dresses to... I don't know what you're going to put... She's going to end up look like... And I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I just mean it in the way that all the TV critics are going to say, say, she's going to look like Miss Piggy in a frock. And she's going to be twirling around the floor. I don't even know if she can... How close she's going to be able to get to the person she's dancing with, I don't know. We will watch, because they've got her up against Felicity Kendall. Well, it's, it's a no-hoper, isn't it? For poor old Anne, who, you know, is obviously doing it for the money. Because they've asked her before, and she said no... So I'm assuming now she's going, oh, I better do so. I don't have anything else booked in. So far, Anne Whittacombe has only done NAF TV shows. The only TV shows she's done are NAF. She did the Anne Whittacombe with Louis Theroux, where he said, can I have a look in your bedroom? No, you can't. You can't look in my bedroom. I thought, why not? It's the whole idea of having a TV crew following you about. You want to know what, what Anne Whittacombe's bedroom's like. You want to see, all, you know, you want to open drawers, don't you? Well, I would. And then we had her on Anne Whittacombe in the Fit Club. Would you put this T-shirt on? No, I won't. Thinking she's obviously got different coloured blood from the rest of us. Opposed to the fact she's an ex-MP who's looking for some work. And they all come out of it and they love the limelight. They love the attention. They love the fame. They love the, you know, there'll be a photo spread with her next. And then, then she goes on. And what else does she do? She does all sorts of little programmes. Well, she does that one where she's advising prostitutes on a council estate. Anne Whittacombe a woman who, who hasn't ever been in that department at all, starts advising prostitutes to say, you know, you should really see the error of your ways. And I'm thinking, they're not going to take a blind bit of notice of you, dear. You're a Conservative MP, or were at the time, and now the Strictly Come Dancing, and you, you just worry, really. You worry that we're going to laugh at her for all the wrong reasons. We laugh at Gavin Henson, because he apparently is also rumoured to be uh, starting on that. We laugh at Jordan, because she's so stupid... Unfortunately, uh, this morning, uh, Serialised News of the World is, an, is a new book about her. And uh, it's by one of her close friends. He's a makeup artist. He's got a book out because he used to be a coal miner. Must have been the campus coal miner in the business. That's all I can say. How on earth Gary Cockrell ever chipped coal? I've got no idea. And the book's called From Coal Dust to Oblivion, I suppose. And uh, they're, they're talking about her rape horror, the truth about her end with Pete. In fact, there's nothing new in this book that you haven't heard at all. And we've had all the hype this week with the book saying, well, you know, he hopes he hasn't upset Jordan. Believe you me, Pixie features, that uh, if she hadn't approved this, you wouldn't be allowed to write it. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Because the moment you start upsetting the, uh, the blokey-looking one with the, uh, the fake boobs and everything else on, it's the moment she writes you out of her life. And then you have to start all over again, finding another celebrity to hang on to. So, sadly, the book is not remotely interesting. However, still to come, Sam Stobart. You'll know who she is, because she featured very heavily in the papers this week. Have a check on the road, shall we, this morning? Craig Birchall. Morning, Steve. Steve Allen. It's all in the papers this morning. Nice to have your company. Welcome along. 
to Sunday morning on LBC 97.3. Steve Allen's early breakfast. I'm feeling in a particularly good mood this morning. Actually, I'm in a good mood every day, but this morning particularly in a good mood, because opening up the papers, there's all the people you don't want to see in there. All the people you don't want to see in there. Matrix grill, fabulous. It does look good, actually. I've never had a Matrix grill. I like it. And they just take out the old one. It's, it's like putting a kit car together. I've no idea how it worked, but it's good. Anyway, so apart from the uh, the dreary story of Jordan uncovered her rape horror, which we've already had in the papers before, so nothing new there, the truth about the end with Pete, frankly, from a makeup artist, I wouldn't give you that for. Not remotely interested. It's just a, a tawdry effort to try and sort of keep the poor old soul's interest going in all things non-human. Because I can happily tell you now that Jordan's single... The, uh, the copies they've sold so far, according to the papers, 1,200 copies. So the, the fan's obviously not out there, although she does come up with the stupidest lines. I mean, you, you, can only, you can only applaud this woman's stupidity. The front page of the Daily Star on Sunday, Jordan lashed out at evil critics who want to kill her off. I mean, she'd have to be pretty stupid. I think most of the time it's her friends winding her up. I say friends, the fair-weather friends she has. And they say she's revealed her critics would like to drive her insane or kill her. In an exclusive interview with the Daily Star Sunday, or just about anybody else who'll listen, I suppose, she vowed to carry on competing with Peter Andre in the pop charts, despite her latest single being slammed by music fans and experts alike. Uh, she struggled to cope with the abuse she's received in recent weeks. What, 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 the abuse that you're stupid? The abuse that you're an insult to Christianity and how the vicar ever allowed you in that church, I've got no idea. She stood there wearing what can only be described as the cheapest, tackiest looking outfit she could as they did a rehearsal for her wedding with poor old uh, Peter Ond... Uh, not Peter Ond, that'd be a joke, wouldn't it? Uh, Alex Reed, more on thicko Alex in a moment, who turned up the other day to try and write the wedding invitations. And uh, they had to send one to somebody called Donna. And he spelt it D-O-N-E-R, as in Donna Kebab. And, I mean, he is that thick. Although, strangely enough, his parents are surprisingly middle class. His mother, very sweet, and probably is looking around at this chav-naff place that Jordan lives in with this revolting family. And she's looking around thinking, oh, my God. And, uh, of course, Alex Reed, who likes to give the impression that he's a big butch cage fighter has got a brother called Rupert. Rupert lives in Dubai and terribly posh, like sort of mumsy and pupsy. And then there's Alex, and you begin to wonder whether or not they're in the right family or not, or whether they've got it all mixed up horribly. So, uh, so you've got Jordan, and her enemies want her dead. I mean, she must... Her whole life is a bit of a turmoil, actually. But luckily, she's surrounded by loads of sycophants, and they'll all brown-nose her and do everything, because that's their living. That's what they have to do to keep in, because once she cuts you out, oh, you've got nothing at all. Gavin Henson, why I split with Charlotte, like anybody's remotely interested, Gavin. Um, in, over in the Express, no, sorry, the Mail today, where they've got a free Phantom CD. I saved it, actually. Not only a free Phantom CD, but uh, very kindly, this compilation uh, is put together by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Who else, as it's both of his shows, is hardly going to give it to Pinky and Perky. And love never dies, in an effort to presumably try and keep the interest going. So you end up with one, two, three, four, five tracks from Phantom of the Opera. Let's face it, it was so many years ago now, if you haven't got them, you've obviously been out living on another planet. And then you've got six tracks from Love Never Dies. And uh, I suppose that's to try and drum up interest, a unique coupling. They say 11 superb songs, specially chosen by Andrew Lloyd Webber. As I said before, who else? Pinky and Perky. Uh, plus, as Take That Reform, The Secret Lover Speaks Out... 
She's obviously got her 30 pieces of silver. Yes, my five-year affair with Mark Owen. You know, you can't shut people up nowadays, can you? People have an affair. To be honest with you, I was having a long chat to Nick Majerison, who was telling me some fascinating facts earlier on, which are totally unrepeatable on a family programme such as this. I'll just say it does involve Jordan and Kerry Katona, and that's as far as I'm prepared to go for legal reasons. But every time you open up the paper, it's people talking about their dreary love life. I mean, also today, you've got um, Sam Stobart in the paper, her first interview. Presumably, and I'm only guessing wildly at a shot in the dark, that, in fact, she was paid money for this interview by the News of the World. Because if she hadn't, and this is what I couldn't quite get to grips with, if she hadn't told Raoul Moat that she was going out with an ex-copper... I'm not, and I don't know, because you can't turn the clock back. I, I keep thinking, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But at the end of the day, a newspaper pays her money. I can understand it being an interesting interview, but I can't help feeling that, that when, I, when I look at this girl here, who's 22, she says, Raoul just fired and left me fighting for life on the floor. I hope he rots in hell. Well, he's dead, dear, so it doesn't actually matter where he's gone to. What's interesting is the fact that had you not told him you were going out with an ex-copper... And we have a blinded policeman at the moment. You know, it's all me, me, me in this kind of thing. I appreciate the fact it must be absolutely dreadful to be shot. And frankly, it's the kind of thing that we read about almost on a weekly basis in this country. And she says blood was pumping out everywhere. Yeah, how do you think about the policeman who's now blind? You know, who got £40,000 from the newspaper, so we're told. And uh, here, you know, you've got her and you've got all the messages that uh, he left, and the letter blaming him for his deadly rage. Well, I see the same thing. I don't know. I'm sorry about that. Mind you, she looks so... They've sort of done her up before she did her interview for the News of the World. I'm left a bit uncomfortable by that, I'm afraid. I'm just not not interesting. Not interested enough. I feel immensely sorry for people who lost their lives, but it's the people afterwards. And also the uh, the warped Facebook pages paying tribute to Motor Obscene, says Samantha. This is the R.A.P. Rowell Moat, you legend group, taken down by a rather stupid woman called Siobhan O'Dowd. There's another new group now, which has 13,000 fans. Sam says they didn't see the real Rowell, they didn't live with him. Stupid woman, honestly. As I say, you look at these thick people in the paper and you begin to wonder whether or not they're just completely thick, dumb, stupid or whatever. You know, if I was living next door to you, dear, there would be obscenities painted on the outside of your house. I can't think, you know, how stupid you have to be. Unless you're Eamon Holmes who's become all prima donna-ish. Apparently, a comedy show uh, called... Well, I don't know which comedy show it is, but it was John Culshaw. Oh, that's the Impressions show. John Culshaw, who's very funny, as you know, uh, mimicked the This Morning and Sky News host in a series of sketches on the Impression show. Um, he said, uh, but while millions laughed at the Culshaw character's catchphrase, I was fierce hungry, so I was chubby, Eamon was so annoyed he got lawyers to write a letter of complaint. In one sketch, the producer asks Eamon what happened to the studio sofa. In a thick Ulster accent, Culshaw points to the space where the couch was and replies, I wouldn't know I was eating that cake, so I was. I got fierce hungry. In a second sketch, set during an ad break, the producer asks Eamon why tiny jockey Frankie Tory isn't sitting next to him. He replies, I wouldn't know that. I did just eat that little gingerbread fella. I got fierce hungry. And apparently Eamon was so upset by this... Well, I say, the, adv- the advice is, don't appear on the television, lose a lot of weight. We know that you're, you're upset, upset by your weight because you've mentioned it in interviews before. And, in fact, Ruth had said, you know, you're going to make an effort to try and lose the weight because it's not healthy. 
It really is not healthy because it's very difficult to go out and eat all the time. The other thing I'm campaigning for is people who appear on the television to limit themselves. If you are a, what I call, main presenter on a programme, for example, like Sky News or uh, This Morning or GMT or anything like that, that's where your job is. That's what you do. You do not guest star on other people's programmes because it's stupid. It demeans what you do. And what you do is you are a main presenter. So when I turn on the Stephen Mulhern programme, and there it is, Holly Willabooby is appearing on there. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're a main presenter on This Morning. You don't do guest appearances. Why don't you stay at home with your husband? You're working five days a week. Call an end to it. That's what you're supposed to do. This never-ending ITV obsession with shoving people onto just about everything is getting on my nerves. Every time you turn on the television, there's another quiz show, and here's, oh, it's Eamon Holmes again. You know, why don't they look for different people? But Holly, stay at home, love. You know, hang on to your marriage. Go out with your husband wearing nothing underneath, like you've told us last week. We don't need to see you guesting on other people's programmes. You're either a main presenter or you're not a main presenter. Des says, the John Barrowman show on Saturday, not good at all. Too many sob stories and emotional people wanting to tell the country about their lives. Well, that's like everything now. We're obsessed with these programmes on the television. The Jeremy Kyle show. Although I did miss, Kyle tells me it was very good. He, he enjoyed it. He didn't remember anybody on it. It was the 30 years of, um, I was going to say, in conversation, an audience with. And there were lots of people, he didn't know who anybody was on it. There had loads of people on there who were celebrity from 30 years ago. And the indication is, I said on those programmes, look at the audience, look at the celebrity audience. Who was on the celebrity audience? And he said, well, the interesting thing was, looking at Bob Monkhouse, most of the people weren't alive anymore in the audience because <laughs> they were ages ago. And then they bring it up to date, and who would they put in there? There'd be a few sort of Big Brother contestants. Or, my favourite joke of the century, because it really has to be, every time they talk about uh, a reality show, there's always somebody from Hollyoaks in it. And they, they turn up with amazing regularity. And so it is on the Strictly Come Dancing, there's going to be a girl, apparently, from Hollyoaks. Well, you've never heard of her, I've never heard of her. But they, they stick them on there, because I think the idea is you go into Hollyoaks, you don't have to act... They don't necessarily take trained actors. They just take people who can read a script. And they, they put them on the show. And then somebody goes, you want to do Strictly Come Dancing? Oh, I'll do that, yeah. OK, we'll just put down Hollywood actress. Sorry, Hollyoaks actress. Because most of them always desperately want to go to Hollywood but never quite make it. Uh, Steve says, Nigel, I too wish the house party format would come back. I agree. TV today lacks spontaneity. And Candy says, Steve, it'll be Brendan Cole with Anne Whittacombe on Strictly. He's going to love that. As I say, there won't be many lifts going on, will there? Perhaps we'll just stick her on casters and whiz her around the floor like that roller skating bloke. Still to come, I've got my very own How Low. It's a biggie today. LBC 97.3 Auto Blast Repair Auto Blast Replace Lee, 25. Technician... Morning, team. 26 minutes to 8 Sunday mornings. Nice to have your company. Now that both shows have sold out, says Jan from the Queen's Theatre, I have to turn my attention to the dressing room situation. As usual, you'll have the broom cupboard. But due to lack of space at the moment, would you mind the brooms sharing with you? I could throw some velvet material over them to make it look a bit more theatrical. Johnny also wants a dressing room. Because we, we, we're we coming mob-handed to this one, I'm afraid, Jan. So there's there's Johnny and Darren and uh, Amanda and Jonathan Levi and Chris and Steve and Rob and who else is going? Oh, John Warrington will be down. Quite a few of us, actually. 
So I hope, I hope they've ordered enough sandwiches, two lots. I've never done two shows in one day. Said, but the velvet material to make them look more theatrical, if you like. <laughs> I can't remember which dressing room I had last time, actually. I think Anthony had the, the bigger dressing room. He comes with an entourage. I don't come with an entourage. It's just, just little old me, you know, I'll just sort of turn up, little suit in a bag. And that'll just about be it, I'm afraid. Looking forward to it. It's only a few weeks away now, isn't it? A couple of weeks away. Now, we do have a how low today. I forgot to mention, being very remiss of me, so much going on, on the Sunday morning. And today, it's a Sony Vio laptop. Brilliant piece of kit. This has got 320 gigabytes of hard drive, wireless enabled. You can access the internet anywhere with Wi-Fi. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. I'm going to bring the hammer down at 10 o'clock this morning. To play this one, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, followed by your bid in pence, and send it in to treble eight two one. So to bid, for example, £1.20, you text Steve, 120, and send it in a text to treble eight two one. If you want to bid 13p, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, 13 and send that to treble eight two one. This competition finishes at ten o'clock this morning, which is good news. You must be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. The Steve Allen special Sony Vio laptop, which is very nice indeed, very nice. So good luck, uh, Kim Marsh in the papers again today. Boring, boring, boring. Apparently, she cut a lonely figure as she soaked up the sun at a hotel pool in Cyprus. She wasn't on that package holiday firm that went under. And um, all by herself. And now she's not there getting over him. Shouldn't take her too long. She's obsessed with celebrityism. Uh, as I say, if only the acting was up to standard, we'd all be a lot happier about it. Frail Cheryl Cole's weight has plummeted half a stone. There wasn't exactly much of it to start with. But now they're saying she's just over seven stones. She's so thin, her bones poke through. It's not healthy, is it, to be that thin? But, I mean, she has had malaria, for goodness sake. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Oh, this is Jordan Uncovered. The night that she revealed to Gary Cockrell, who was a, a coal miner's daughter. Uh, you know, the, the, and the, the dreary book is out. However, strangely enough... Uh, the uh, News of the World editorial today says Katie Price shouldn't be too downhearted that her single Free to Love has charted at uh, the mind-bogglingly NAF 61 in the charts. So hope you can both rush out and join the Katie Price fan club. Next meeting in a phone box at the end of Leicester Square. They say it may not be a hit in the clubs, but at least hubby Alex will be dancing around his handbag. That was the funny thing about poor old Alex. I mean, he is as thick as a broom, I'm afraid. So if anybody was going to be stuck in a broom cupboard, uh, Jan, it's going to have to be uh, him. Kerry Katona is going to have a secret operation, apparently to, to sort out, they say here, to snort out a whole, huge hole in her nose caused by too much of the old hokey-cokey. And uh, it doesn't help. So she's still desperately trying to look for a career. We don't exactly know what to do. There's a, a man here, a News of the World operation, has snared a web pervert who was grueling a goal of 13, has been praised. Samir Jusab. Narrowly avoided jail after a court heard how he bombarded her with vile messages and hardcore porn in a chat room. He admitted inciting a child to perform sexual activity. Um, it says here, thought he was speaking to a vulnerable schoolgirl from a broken home and he was actually talking to an undercover reporter. Apparently he was disgusted by his behaviour. Of course he was, he was caught. That's why. Why this person, I've got no idea, has not been sent to prison. I, I, you just can't understand it. They send some people to prison and then other people, they let them off. 
Doesn't quite make sense, does it? The toy boy Goatherd marrying Cheryl Ferguson from EastEnders last night. He's not kidding about their love and said she's beautiful to me and a wonderful woman. He grinned, because he can't believe it. Why do people only see her fatness? He says, I see her beauty and I love her. Penniless Moroccan, Yasim Al-Jamoni, shortly to be arriving in the country, free house, free car, whatever else you like, but he's in love, revealed his bizarre relationship. Uh, there's a 21-year age gap, but I don't see that as a problem. You know, if you fall in love with somebody, you can't, you know, you can't go, I can't fall in love with them because they're, a, they're too young or too old. I mean, some people do fall in love with older people. That's what makes me happy. You know, because if somebody falls in love with somebody, you know, too often people go, you know, so what, what's the age difference? And you go, oh, it's about four months. And you go, what's the point? Gavin Henson, I think mentally was a bit younger than Charlotte Church. And they're not going to get back together again, he said, because we just, we just argue. And, of course, there was lots of rumours that Gavin was actually vainer than she was. So I can't wait to see if he does turn up on Strictly Come Dancing. Anyway, defending this 21-year age gap between Cheryl Ferguson and penniless Moroccan Yasin Al-Jamoni, he said here, she's fat and I'm cross-eyed with bad skin. We all have flaws. Hers is the fatness. So he actually sees the fatness as a flaw. He said, what does it matter when you're in love? I know, it's so wonderful, isn't it, when you can convince people. I do wish them the very best of luck, but I'm afraid deep in my heart of hearts, I do feel that, um, you know, it's doomed, I'm afraid. Carol Malone, talking today on Robbie Williams, back with Take That. Mistake, she says. The man's an egotist, an ex-junkie. He's not a team player, and for years he publicly dumped on the band after he'd gone solo. I can't even begin to imagine why they want him back, having done so incredibly well without him. But one thing's for sure, take that will make headlines this year, only not the kind they're used to. Because although Williams, who hasn't had a hit since God was a lad, desperately needs them and pretends he's a changed man, just wait till he starts playing to packed houses. Wait till the ego takes over. Wait till he wants to be in charge. Oh, I think Gary Barlow is slapping the back of his silly little legs. Trust me, says Carrot, it'll be the end of them. Well, it's, it's one tour and it's one album. And that's going to be it. And I agree with you. It was his silly ego that got in the way first time round. So they all need to just turn round to him. If he starts being silly, they'll kick him out mid-tour. I don't think they'll have any hesitation at all. Already, says Carol, they're talking about the dance floor duel. This is Felicity Kendall and Anne Whittacombe. A rather ridiculous pairing, if ever there was one. And she says here, it's not going to be that much of a duel with shrill heifer-lump that is Whittacombe careering around the floor like a big burst sofa on casters versus the gorgeous, sylph-like sex kitten that's Felicity Kendall. No contest, she says. No contest at all. The Duchess of York has run up a £51,000 bill at Selfridges. She says here, more fool than numpties at Selfridges for letting a renowned spenderholic run up that kind of bill in the first place. I have trouble getting a £2,000 limit on store accounts. I don't have a store account card. Do you have any cards, John? Do you have any, how many cards do you have in your wallet? Yeah, yeah. when you say a few, I mean, how, how many sort of cards? Have you, what, what sort of cards have you got? Debit cards. Well, all, oh, right, they come straight out of your account. You don't... Right. How many have you got, Carl? How many have you got? Yeah. About the same. Just some credit cards. How many credit cards have you got? Old student cards. It's so funny. I love the way people say old student. They've been working in the business for 15 years. They go, old student cards. Like, you know, it's a different sort of world. Well, it probably is for most of them. So how, how many credit cards do you have on you? You have sort of... You have one. One. How many you got, Carl? Just two, two debit cards. OK. Are you saying that because your parents could be listening and they're not sure how many cards you've got that you've applied for in different names? Yeah, it's very sensible. You see, I, I've only got... I've got a... It looks like a Visa credit card, but it's a Visa debit card because they changed them at the RBS and loads of other people. And I don't like it. It doesn't set me apart from everybody else. I feel that people think I'm putting everything on Visa. 
which I'm not because it comes straight out of the bank account. It's got debit in very small words. And I don't have a Sainsbury's card or a Boots card. Well, I wouldn't have a Boots card anyway. But they always ask, don't they, in every shop you go into, hello, do you have so-and-so? It's like going to a garage and they go, do you have a Shell loyalty card? No, not particularly. No, I go wherever I feel like. I don't want a load of cards in my wallet. I've got, yeah, the way, you, if you empty your wallet out at the end of each day and you look at all the cards that you've got for organisations you're a member of, I'm debating whether to rejoin the RS, the RAC, because I think it's quite handy to join it, but did you know that, and I, I've got what I think is probably the top one, it's about 168 quid for the year, you got RAC as well, when I, which one have you got? Have you got Home Start? You've got Homes, the, the top, oh, the top one, which one have you got then, Carl? Roadside Recovery. At home. When they say roadside recovery, I think that's... If you, if you get a headache, they sit you by the side of the road, they go, oh, they're there. They're there. That's all right. Yeah, Johnny just walks home or, or gets the bus. But two in the morning round his way, the buses have stopped running for the last three hours prior to that, so he doesn't... He doesn't get, so he walks home, hitching a lift. Hello? hello, Anybody? Hello? My way? No? All right. Oh, doesn't matter. Wait till the next day. But, uh, but you do, but 168 quid they want at the RAC for my new membership. And I'm thinking, I don't want to spend 168. Do you know how many call-outs you, you get a year on that membership? How many call-outs do you... Yeah. I, th- I thought that when you joined the RAC and you paid that much money, that you could call them out as many times as you want. No, you can't. Five on that top one. On the lower ones, once. Once you can call them out. So, in other words, if you have a flat tyre and they come out, the next time they're going to go, no, you've had your call-out. And they go, did you not read the print? I thought, like most of you, that you could call them out all year round. If you want to call them out 20 times a year, you call them out 20 times. No, 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 no. Five on mine, five times, and that's the top one. So God knows what it is for the rest of you. Very, very worrying. Very, very worrying. Uh, the mum of bed-hopping England star Jermaine Defoe, another lunatic, I'm afraid, uh, is planning to go on a TV dating show to find him true love. Model Roxy Townsend gave him the boot last week after a disastrous holiday in St Lucia. I love Jermaine Defoe. I love all the uh, the wags who sort of take out, I love you, I love you. And the sort of girls he goes out with are the, oh, dump me, ain't he? Anyway, now his desperate mum, Sandra, is seriously considering an offer to go on a telly show to find him a permanent substitute. As if that's going to happen. Don't be so silly. Last night, a family spokesman confirmed they were in talks with the BBC about a project... Who's remotely interested in stupid Jermaine Defoe, who seems to have picked up all the naffos? You know, the people here, uh, Danielle Lloyd, Imogen Thomas, Joanna Beckham, Charlotte Mears. Remember Charlotte Mears? Hello, babe. Hello, babe. She's talking to him. He dumps her, of course, by phone. I don't want to go out there anymore. And poor old Charlotte Mears dragged her poor, hapless mother out on a holiday to do one of these uh, places in the country, and it was a place abroad. Because we've got, like, a million pounds to spend, goes Charlotte Mears, who is as dim as a brush. And then she's picking out curtains with her mother. At the end of the programme, they're not together. Also, Chantelle Houghton. I mean, it was uh, poor old Jermaine, honestly. Is it because you haven't got anything to talk about, Jermaine, that even your mother's that desperate she's going to go on a TV show to find you a girlfriend? I mean, I ask you. I ask you. Not going to happen at all. Uh, also, the, now, why did I keep this, actually? Why did I keep this? Sometimes I, I sort of uh, turn over a piece of paper because I'm trying to... F- I, I was, there was obviously some story that I must have uh, gone for in here, but I'm blowed if I can find it. But that's in the news of the world. I'm more interested in the, uh, the mail and the fact the, uh, the drugs companies who make everyday medicines for the NHS facing claims of profiteering after imposing huge price rises for commonly prescribed drugs. Ridiculous, isn't it? 
Still to come, the champion riders' family torn apart by the Jilly Cooper-style tale of romance and resentment in the home county's horsey set. Gosh, after this. It's the travel with Craig Birchill. Thank you, Steve. Blackwall Tunnel closed southbound until tomorrow morning. Now, to help ease congestion, the Rotherhive Tunnel is shut northbound so that two lanes of traffic can flow through it going southbound to help out. Uh, Woolwich Ferry will also be running... On three, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to seven. All next... Sorry, 12 minutes to eight, I do beg your pardon. All next week, Nick Ferrari at breakfast is giving you the chance to win a VIP trip to the 2010... Thingtel Singapore Grand Prix. It's all thanks to YourSingapore.com. You'll fly Singapore Airlines for the trip of a lifetime where you can experience all the excitement and glamour of Singapore. So make sure you listen to LBC 97.3 from 7 every day next week. What a lovely prize. Never been to Singapore, but I've seen Singapore Airlines. I thought I'd like to fly with them, actually. <laughs> looks good. The food looks delicious. Uh, Vanessa says, best comedy, Jordan prancing around miming her terrible single on GMTV. <gasps> Dreary, isn't it? And uh, Steve, love the interview. Robert Vaughan, very interesting. His voice reminded me of my late dad. June Brown, always great fun. You could teach some actors uh, a thing or two. Actually, talking of people... Uh, teaching you a thing or two. Do you remember last week, the Mail on Sunday and all the other papers told you about the uh, the asylum seeker from Somalia who was given a £2.1 million luxury townhouse because he didn't like the one he'd been given previously? Well, now his previous landlord says that he moved out, leaving £7,000 of rent arrears. His case was labelled an outrage. Now the owner of Mr Noor's former home in northwest London has claimed that the ex-bus conductor owes him £7,000 in rent. Under the government's scheme, housing benefit is funded by the Department for Work and Pensions. It sends the money to housing authorities, which passes it on to the claimant, who uses the money to pay the rent. This guy clearly didn't. £7,000, and he's now in a £2 million house. A DWP spokesman said, we're urgently reforming housing benefit. It's right we return fairness to a system that's out of control. Of course it's absolutely out of control. It's absolutely ludicrous that you hand over... Why don't they just hand it straight to the landlord? Why would you give it to somebody? In any case, it doesn't matter who it is. Why would you give it to somebody uh, who then goes, oh, can't be bothered to pay it? I mean, we must be absolute fools in this country. Absolute fools, I'm afraid. You know, we just hand money out left, right and centre. Apparently, strangely enough, we had a, a piece in the paper today about... Uh, I forgot what was going with that one, actually. I'm so, I'm so taken aback by the next story that I've just opened up. This is a woman here who wears a Chanel burqa, goes out clubbing in a Rolls, counts Kate Moss as a friend, has said she's Osama Bin Laden's daughter, and last week was a witness in a sensational court case. But who is she? And they've done a, a feature today of a woman who doesn't actually wear a burqa very often. She just pretends she does. And uh, they say, uh, who knows what the truth is about this strange woman. I agree. Thank you. All right? Good. All right. So here she is. She turned up. He's not got shorts on today. It's too cold for shorts. Have you noticed? It is too cold. Although this afternoon should be quite nice. So here is this woman. So I, I was intrigued by her. This is the woman who claimed to be having an affair with somebody called Patrick. And uh, she doesn't wear a veil. In fact, there's pictures of her not wearing uh, a veil. And they say here she hardly ever wears it. But she counts Kate Moss as a friend and said she's Osama Bin Laden's daughter. And she's obviously quite peculiar. And so here it is. She goes out to dinner all over the place in this Rolls Royce. Very strange. By his own admission, Mr. R- you have to, you have to read this story yourself just to, just to get used to it. It's the kind of story that the, the Daily Mail like getting their teeth into and just after that private eye, I should imagine. <laughs> Be very careful on garden swings. There's some poor boy who has died 
He broke his neck on a garden swing. A devastated mother tried to say... He's nine. Not like he's very, very young. He's nine. And he became entangled in the rope and broke his neck at the house in Bishop's Waltham, near Southampton. I've seen kids in the local park. I'm surprised they've actually still got swings in parks. We used to do exactly the same. We try and get as high as possible. Fall off it. There's a very good chance you break your neck. And I see uh, older children sitting on swings now. I think the council need to start visiting some of these parks and go around saying, no, 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 get off it. This is for little children. It's not for you at all. Ridiculous. Here's Pierce Brosnan's new place he's having built. It's a mansion in Malibu. Six and a half million pounds. Although you look at it, actually, it doesn't really look like six and a half million pounds worth. But there again, I've got no idea what six and a half million pounds worth looks like, I'm afraid. Uh, People today, Frail Cheryl, down to uh, six stone. Jordan, I pay too much tax so others can sit at home and do nothing. She talks about how busy she is, but every time I've watched the, uh, the reality show, I don't actually see her being busy at all. I mean, I don't call actually sitting down planning your wedding being busy, I'm afraid. Uh, and I don't call going to have Botox being busy. I just call it having a vacuous life. She doesn't write. She doesn't design anything. In fact, she doesn't actually do anything at all. It's, uh, they, they've sold the image. Although, to be honest with you, the image is looking a bit old and tarnished, I'm afraid, now. So here he is, Frank Bu- Bruno, lined up. He was sectioned, you remember, in 2003. And uh, now they're saying that Frank Bruno could be back. Uh, he had depression and drugs. He's very excited. He's getting in shape. They've also apparently spoken to Sophie Anderton... You remember Sophie Anderton, another peculiar person, I'm afraid. Hollyoaks actress Natalie Emmanuel. Yep, no, we don't know her either, I'm afraid. Patsy Kensett. Oh, God, how boring. Uh, Felicity Kendall, uh, Gavin Henson and Anne Widdicombe. I mean, you, you, you can only laugh at Anne Widdicombe. In any other job, you know, or in any other life, there would be uh, no chance of Anne Widdicombe making anything on the television. Jordan claiming here that uh, she'll pose for Playboy at 70. They won't ask you, dear, I'm afraid. <laughs> they really won't. And poor you, says Jan. All those people, and it's only a small cupboard. Good job you're all skinny people. The green room is being refurbished, so the sandwiches are under the stairs. Good job you're not demanding an diva. She says Johnny can share with me. Is that all right, you're sharing? Yeah, he's, he's OK with that one. He's OK with that one, Jan. I don't. He's, I think he's bringing two outfits to change into. I don't know. You do two outfits and speedos. He's doing speedos now. This would be a rare treat for many of you who haven't seen speedos. John is working in Kazakhstan. He said it's fifty degrees and eleven fifteen. Although probably a bit later now. He says my wife Karen will be listening to the show in Farnham. Can't wait to see her in a month's time. I podcast every day, but I'm always a day behind. Sunday is the only day I live stream. And my uh, Kazakhstan secretary is totally bemused by you. She's never heard of Jordan. Isn't she lucky? She's absolutely very lucky indeed. I think anybody's quite lucky who's never heard of Jordan. Although Nick, Nick Majerison is burning a small candle for her. He likes Jordan. He's, 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 he's a fa- and he likes Kerry Katona. He's a fan of all these peculiar people. I've got no idea why. Noreen. Morning, Noreen. At five to eight. Don't forget my Howlow finishes at... Ten this morning. She says, watched a bit of 30 Years of an Audience with. Did you ever go to one? I, do you know, I can't remember. I went to something. I think it might have been the Comedy Awards. I don't think it was an audience with. I don't think I went to an audience with. I'd, I'd remember, so, although I wouldn't actually in my, my state. I wouldn't remember. Um, did I go to an audience with? No, I don't think I did. I went to some Comedy Awards. Dale and I went to a, a few things years ago. Can you wish a very happy birthday to Ty? Ty, happy birthday. Have a lovely day today at 5 to 8. It's going to be a little bit overcast, but the sunshine will be up this morning. Uh, Jordan, unleashed. Uh, Alex is the only man for her. Everybody should work. I pay tax so people sit at home. 
I'll pose for Playboy. I don't want to compete with Pete. I've moved on. Well, stop talking about it then. Quite clearly haven't moved on at all. Cheryl Cole, and uh, she's plummeted to six. I mean, she is thin. I mean, she is like thin, thin, thin. And all the people, and I'm sure that this is going to crop up later on today, the tourists after Gold Trail collapsed. I mean, I'd never even heard of Gold Trail. I have to be honest with you. I, I was, they, it came up on the news the other day. Oh, Gold Trail. In fact, we were talking about this yesterday. And, uh, and people were saying, Gold, who are they? I said, I don't know. They've got 16,000 people abroad. The problem is that they've now got is that the people who are in hotels are being asked for the money because Gold Trail didn't pay them. And the hoteliers are saying, well, you're not staying here for free. And the people in the hotels are saying, well, we've actually paid £1,000. And, and the hoteliers are saying, well, we haven't got the money. And we're not going to get the money. So why should, you know, why should you have your holiday? It's not up to us. It's up to the tour company. But, of course, it's, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. So what people are having to do is pay twice. And they're going to charge people's credit cards. One couple here were handed an unexpected £150 bill for accommodation they'd already paid for. Chris and his girlfriend Liz says, it's the last day of our holiday. We've spent all the money and now they're asking for another 150. Don't tell lies. Why do people say we've spent all our money? Well, you haven't. People always got money for that last souvenir or a bit of duty-free or whatever else. So, unfortunately, it's the, the poor hoteliers like Thermes uh, and Judy who are losing out because they're waiting for their money. So they've got people sitting there. Do you remember when we had the disaster before with the volcano? And there were no flights. All the hotels were going, wait a minute, we're not getting any money. So they shoved them out to little bed and breakfast places. They didn't want them staying there, eating all the food in the hotel and, uh, and having a, uh, a high old time. Norman, a domestic services manager, said, we were told we'd have to pay 25 quid a room per night. He said, we've already paid. Yeah, the trouble is, the hotel haven't got the money because the hotel, the, the travel company's gone under. He said, we've already paid £1,000. He said, why didn't... Gold Trail, they must have known weeks ago that they were going to go under and they carried on taking money in. Well, the problem is, at the end of the day, will, will people, you know, get all their money back? Well, yes, they're saying, but it might take some time. Unlike out in the real world where they go, well, you know, the, the company's gone to liquidation. It's not, you know, you're not going to get any money at all. And that's the problem. Oh, and Ronan Keating could renew his wedding vows. That's good. Um... He says here, he, he broke his silence on his affair with Francine, and he says, renewing the vows will show Yvonne and the family and friends how much he loves her. That's why he went off and slept with somebody else for seven months. I love it when people backtrack, like, and they backtrack big time. I really love you. Really? Well, you didn't for seven months, did you, when you went off having an affair? You know, I don't know why women put up with it. Why don't they just sort of hold him down and kick him in the small spherical objects? What's it really like to be a special constable volunteering for 16 hours a month as a police officer? Special constable is a volunteer police officer. So we can stop and search, we can detain. You help the same people. You know. Morning team, four minutes past eight. I forgot to tell you earlier on, actually. I was, uh, I was out the other day, and I'll, I'll mention very quickly that Tony Green is here. Morning. Morning. Move that round there again. She's here to do the papers. Because I was, I was in Poundland the other day. Oh, I love Poundland. And I do like Poundland. And I was trying to find... They've got a big advert on the front window in Twickenham, paper lanterns. Pound. Oh, nice. And I like paper lanterns. I like Chinese paper lanterns. So I thought, I'll buy some paper lanterns. So I go in there. Well, I can't find them anywhere. So I say to one of the people in there... Who unfortunately didn't speak English. Paper lanterns, and all they heard was the word paper. <laughs> so they direct you to the back where there's, of course, there's no paper lanterns. So I then managed to collar a manager who just about speaks English, and I go paper lanterns. No, sold out. Oh, I think you've still got the 
the big advert on the front window. It's been there for the last four days, and every day I've been in looking for them. You think they need to kick-start the manager in there because he's a bit he's a bit slow. How frustrating. Very frustrating. Anyway, this 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 woman says to me, she says, you interviewed me. Really? Yes. And so I'm looking at this one. She's quite a big woman. She's quite a large woman. Mm. And she said, you interviewed me on LBC some years ago. And, of course, I can't, I can't remember yesterday. I know the feeling. And it was a woman who featured on our televisions quite a lot... And she was in The Lives and Loves of a She-Devil. Oh, I know who that is. Judy T. Wallace. Yes. She was shopping in Poundland in Twickenham. Very, very tall. Very, very tall. Very, very tall. Very good actress. Noticeably tall. Very good actress. And of course, I I couldn't remember because it was so (laughs) awful. And my friend Graham was chatting away to... And they had mutual friends. I'm thinking, she must be really important, this woman. A, I interviewed her, and B, I can't remember who she is. So I do apologise, she was with her mother. Well, I suppose you interview that many people, you can't remember everybody, but can you? years ago. This must have been back in the mid-80s, I would have thought. Yes, it probably was. Mid-80s. And I said to Graham, life and loves of a she-devil. He said yes. Incredible. That's a good memory. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I remember her from. But she's, she's big. She shops, I don't know whether she lives in Twickenham or whether she just shops in, uh, in Poundland. Well, everyone shops in Poundland. Well. Everybody shops in Poundland. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Nice to see you the other day, and her mum as well. I said, it's marvellous value in here. Her mum's got a trolley full of stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, when you see stuff in there, you think, well, why do you shop anywhere else? Mm. Things like, I mean, I'm a bit sad because I still have cassettes. Crikey. I know. People laugh. Actually, I've still got a drawer full of cassettes, but they're old BBC comedy shows. Oh, really? I used to listen to them in bed to get myself to sleep. But you can't really get them anyway. If you go into Curry's and ask for a cassette, yeah. they laugh. Do you, do, you, do you play cassettes, then? Do I have to own up to this? Yes, I've said it now. Yes, do I do. Of, of what? I mean, just all sorts of things. Oh, well, things I've done and singing, you know, I sing. Right. And I've got one of these dubbing things. Oh, right. I just find it easier than all the newfangled oh. stuff. Cassettes. Yes, don't yeah. they? They're all laughing in they there. Ca- they probably don't even know. He doesn't know what it is. I was about to say, he doesn't know what you a cassette is. You say things to them and they look at you blankly and you suddenly realise that you're working with people who weren't born when we started. Well, definitely. Isn't that embarrassing? I, mean, look I know. At him, bless his heart. He's got oh. no idea. Doesn't, you, know, you mentioned Pete, Bob Munkett. I don't know who he is. He doesn't know anybody. <laughs> Do you know what a cassette is? Yeah, you know, yeah, but have you ever seen. Can you name any shows Bob Monkhouse did? An audience with Bob Munker. That's all he knows <laughs> Very from. good. It's dreadful, isn't it, really? Anyway, my Sony Vio laptop is up for grabs. You've just cheated. He's told you Wipeout. Yeah. Do you remember Wipeout? I don't, actually. Oh, what blimey, that? don't, don't start. D- Daniels did it as well. Oh. I used to like Blankety Blank, actually. Oh, I loved Blankety Blank. Yeah. And what was the other one? Opportunity Knocks. Love that. I loved that. Love Opportunity Knocks. That's that was like the have... forerunner, ladies and gentlemen, to the X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. It's true. It was. It's true. Launched a lot of careers. Wasn't Charlotte Church on that? No, no, no. What, X Factor? No, no Opportunity... Uh... Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, she wasn't old enough. No, it was... Um, Bonnie Langford and... Oh, yes. Oh, the other one. And the other one. sad one. Lena Zavaroni, who died. Yes. Yes. That was the one I was thinking of. She was anorexic. Yeah, that was awful. Yes. Little Lena Zavaroni. Anyway, my Sony Vio laptop, happier things, Mm. uh, is up for grabs today. Lovely piece of kit, 320 gigabytes of hard drive. Finishes at 10 this morning. So it's a quickie. And uh, the person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down at 10. To play this one, text Steve, followed by your bid in pence. And send it to treble eight two one. So to bid say ninety nine p, you text Steve ninety nine and send it to treble eight two one. This competition finishes at ten a.m. You must be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So uh, good luck. You've got about um, eight, I don't know one hour 
fifty minutes, I think. <laughs> Do you know, I look at the clock, so I can't even tell the time on a Sunday. <laughs> it's pointless exercise. Right, what have, what have you culled from the uh, the papers, well, young there's, Tony? There's a, oh, thank you. It's okay. Just leave the fiver on the counter. Yes, occasionally people say young lady and I get terribly overexcited. <laughs> There's this exciting new show starting tonight, Don't Stop Believing, on Channel 5. Yes, I love the trail. I haven't seen the oh, trail, the actually. the trail's great. Is it? Yes, it's got loads of people all wearing brightly coloured shirts and they walk in. I think they're miming. But it's, it's ever so good. Well, it sounds really good. They're saying it's going to be a cross between the X Factor and Glee, which I don't know. I was looking it up on the internet. I don't Some know Glee that well. It's an American thing where they, it's a school... And they concentrate very much on people who've got, in inverted commas, disabilities. Right. And things like that. And it's, it's a feel-good kind of program. I haven't quite got into it. Right. I've never they seen do. it. You, you might like it. It's a bit like High School Musical meets Fame. <gasps> I'd love that. Yes, it's, it's very similar to that. And they sing, and there's a story that runs through each week. But there's a, there's a gay student, there's a, a disabled student, there's the very big fat girl. There's all sorts of different people. And it's, it's to prove that, you know, it goes across. But it, it's like fame for us. Oh, I adore fame. Oh, you'd like it. Well, I would like it. Tams in Althwaite's going to be a judge. I mean, she does say here she's also going to be concentrating on her important role as a mum, but before that she's going to be judging, along with quite good judges actually, blues singer Duncan James, pop star Anastasia, choreographer, I don't know this guy, Chucky Clapo, is it? Or no Clapo? Don't know. And it's going to be hosted by Emma Bunton. Oh, right. Well, she was a uh, judge on Dancing on Ice, and she was very good, so yeah. I think that'll... That's going to be quite exciting. So, really looking forward to that. Celebrities on these, but I know it sounds awful, but I wish they would just have a program where you've just got a presenter, not a celebrity presenter, but a presenter who presents it and lets the acts do their their thing. Well, that's what they say they're going to do. She said this isn't going to be about the judges. It's not going to be about us. It's going to be about the acts. Right. I hope so. Well, I think yeah, I think that sort of sounds rather good. So I'm rather looking forward to that. Okay. Worried, though, about Cheryl Cole. Yes. I know. I not lo- much ab- of her at the best of times. I know. I absolutely love Cheryl Cole, and I'd be very sad if she's not in The X Factor. Hmm. They were talking about putting in um, Nicole Pussycat Doll. I can't Oh, remember. her Sheringer or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know who she is. I mean, I know she was a Pussycat Doll, and Carl will probably know everything about her and probably has got the Nicole calendar. You've met the Pussycat Dolls. Have you really? Do I look thrilled? Not bothered. Really I'm, not bothered. I'm not really sure. She's not sort of famous enough. And no. Cheryl Cole is so charismatic. So um, There's nothing of her. I mean, she's as thin as a... I mean, she's like a pencil. I know. She's that thin. I know. She's thin anyway. Yeah. But poor Cheryl. Well, that's But hopefully she's going to make a, a good recovery very soon. Yeah, I, th- I think she'll be all right. Prin- Prince Charles waded into this row over the royal wreaths, which they say uh, part of them are made in China. Well, I can quite understand that. Yes, well, I that's OK. That the base of the wreath which is plastic, and the actual all the plastic bits, I would assume, would be made in China and then assembled over here with the actual poppy. I would have thought that's common. It's a Sunday Express front page. Well, that sort of makes sense, though, doesn't it? Well, I would have thought so. What's it's, the problem with it's, it? It's for, it's for sort of cost-cutting. Um, the, the poppy factory said it's a break in our tradition, but we have to tighten our belts. And all the plastic bits that go in the middle of poppies and the, and the main reeds of the royal family, why would they not be made abroad? What difference does it make whether it's made in China? I could understand if somebody said it's made in Germany. But made in China, what difference does that make? Well, so, many, so much stuff is made there, isn't yes. it? I mean, that's the, uh, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have a, have a problem with that at all. And I shouldn't imagine the British Legion, who always struggle for funds, would have any problem with that either. They, they've got to make some money to... Keep our old soldiers going, and well, God exactly. bless them for it. Exactly. Gosh, £85 million put you two at the top of the earners. 
Blimey. That's a lot of money. I'd, I've been surprised. They're the top. Irish group currently staging their global 360 tour. We're ranked top band, cancelling their Glastonbury Big because of Bono's bad back. ACDC was second. Beyonce is third. And one of the rel- few relatively youthful acts on the first was Lady Gaga. Only 40.5 million, though. That's what she grossed. Yes. Blimey. It's just like another 40. world, isn't it? Is, it is, isn't it? 40.5 million. I shouldn't imagine the Beatles, in the height of their fame, ever grossed anything like that. No, exactly. Even when they were, even when they, they were playing, you know, Madison Square Garden or wherever they played, Hollywood Bowl, they definitely uh, wouldn't have known about it. But it that. wasn't like that then. People didn't earn those kind of crazy amounts, did yeah. they? No, they didn't. Peter says, Opportunity Knox was hosted by Huey Green, not Bob Monkhouse. We it was Huey Green. Yeah, we knew, we knew it was Huey Green. We, what we were saying was who was on there, and Lena is spelled L-E-N-A. Lena Zavaroni. Oh, not yeah. L-I-N-A. L-E-N-A. There's a, there's a couple here in the paper today. They've tried everything uh, to diet, and then they asked God to help them. And? And God helped them lose weight. So they didn't actually go on a diet. Uh, what they did was they actually shed a total of 39 stone... Uh, through through God. Well, if it worked, yes. good luck. She says, as a churchgoer, asking God for help was a natural thing, and I know of two non-Christians who've lost weight on the course too. You have to cough up 14 quid, and um, you can either take this... There's a woman here who lost four stone in 13 months. See, this is exactly what overweight people want to hear. You know, you don't have to do anything special, the weight's just going to fall off you. It's a load of cobblers, it doesn't just fall off you. No, exactly. Otherwise we'd all sit here and the power of, you know, if, if Carl wanted to lose that little bit of weight, you know, he would have done the power of prayer some time ago. He doesn't you know. need to, he's like a little thing. Carl? Yes. Obviously not looking at the same person I'm I looking am. at. I he's tiny. Really? Yes. Well, I don't think so. It's no good waving both hands in the air at me, mate. I can't see an ounce of fat on him. Really? I'll show you the picture of him on holiday on the Sun Lounge. Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sun Loungers. All those celebrities on, in bikinis recently. I don't know I how don't they... I don't think he's in a bikini on this well, no, one. No, he's I not. Mean, <laughs> he's not. But I've been looking Might've at been. loads of them who've had children, and they all look amazing. I know. Mylene Class, she looks incredible. How do people lose the weight after having children? Is there I some... don't know. Because that's, that's always the thing, isn't it? People have children, and then for the 99% of people, they can't lose the weight. Whereas some some people are just naturally lucky with their metabolism it well, just yeah goes. i used to be like that when i was younger i could eat like three mcdonald's a day could you and stay skinny but no longer there's a bloke on the television at the moment doing a program and he can eat 17 jam donuts in one sitting without batting an eyelid he sits watching the television eating all this chocolate i mean hundreds and hundreds of bars of chocolate why would you want to well it, it's it, he's, he's become an addict well, that's quite. I worrying, mean, I did isn't go out it? and buy a bag of donuts the other week, and I got back home. It took me fifteen minutes to brush the sugar off. Oh, really? Don't you like the sugar? It's the best no, bit. No, no, no. And I quite like those um, other donuts you get in a box, which we've had. Are they not Dunkin'. Are they Dunkin' donuts? Krispy Kreme. Oh, of course, you would know those. Fatty boy knows those. The Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> oh, the chocolate ones are nice. <laughs> Sorry, the chocolate ones. They're all nice. I, I like the one with cinnamon apple in. That's quite <gasps> nice, oh, too. Oh, that sounds delicious. I'm doing the travel. I'm talking about cinnamon donuts. Cinnamon apple. Very special. Almost Christmassy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> to the travel. Greg Birchill. Thank you, Steve. Blackwall Tunnel is closed southbound. Into- Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday. Tony Green is looking at the papers today. 
Uh, Marge wants to know why you've uh, never been able to do a show in places like the Orchard Theatre or Bromley, so others of us could get to see you as well. Well, we're, we're looking at uh, other theatres as well. We're trying to look at a theatre in um, in Leicester Square at the moment. It ju- it just, it's all the logistics that go with it. Not just a matter of booking into a theatre, it's a bit more complicated than that. But uh, So, as I say, at the moment we've just sold out down in... Uh, the Queen's in Hornchurch. Sold out? How marvellous. So two shows sold out. Really? Yes, we sold out one at three o'clock and then we put an extra one on at seven and that sold out too. How marvellous. Not bad, is it? Yeah, it's very exciting. Not bad. Charlotte Church was discovered on this morning. Yes, she was put on there by her uh, her agent who uh, who did very, very well indeed. And he now looks after lots of other... He's a very, very famous agent. Which one is he? He's just, I'm just, I'm not going to give him the credit this morning. He's very famous. Oh, okay. He didn't invite me out to something the other week, so I'm not talking to him ever again. Oh. <laughs> Actually, very, I, very I do, th- I do like Charlotte Church. I think she's, she's a bit super talented, a bit too much. I didn't like the, uh, the television show she had. That was a bit too. Actually, I did. Oh, did I you? I thought she was quite a good presenter. Oh. I thought she was quite feisty. Yes, a little bit too feisty for me. I don't. Do you think so? Yes. Mind you, strangely enough, a lot of people are talking about Selena Scott, who wrote this letter to the BBC complaining about women of a certain age who aren't employed. I know. And uh, I suppose people would say, well, you know, every organisation is like that. You get to a certain age and find you don't get as many jobs as you as you could do. Although the BBC, having just taken on Anne Widdicombe and uh, Felicity Kendall. I know, hooray. Combined ages, 125. Oh, that's so mean. So That is so mean. (laughs) But Felicity Kendall is fantastic. Yes. Actually, I hope she wins it. I'm surprised she's doing it, to be honest with you. I'm quite surprised. She doesn't... She's quite private. She doesn't like doing interviews. I said, my God, that was very far. Where'd you go to get this? Oh, do you? You're very fast. I thought we had to go upstairs. No, not today. Oh, right. Check with a cook. You never know. I think he's got a little secret kettle under the uh, <laughs> under the desk in there. But uh, I mean, she's she normally doesn't do interviews. She doesn't like to do them because she doesn't like the aging process. I'm told. She's she was voted best bottom of the year once, actually. <laughs> yes. I mean, she has got an amazing figure for a woman her age. But yeah. I'm quite. She's quite a classy sort of actress. Yes. I'm quite surprised she's doing it. Actually. Very surprised. But there again. How fabulous to do a show like that and, yeah. and learn all these dances from these amazing ballroom dances. Yes, I don't know why more people don't dance. It's it's a really good thing to do. It keep, keeps the weight off. It's, exactly. I used to know a lady who used to go up to the tea dances at the Café de Paris up here. Yeah. And she would go three afternoons a week to a tea dance. How lovely. And, and just dance. There'd be lots of men who would go there and it was a way of dancing. They do it at the... Tower Ballroom in Blackpool as well. Do they? I went up there in the middle of the afternoon. They have the organist who plays. You oh, might fantastic. get twenty or thirty couples who go up there, rape me, go in there for donkey's years, and they dress up and they dance around the ballroom. I think that's lovely. It's sort of really yeah. old-fashioned, and it's a great ex- way of exercising. Yes. See, I, I don't have a problem with that. And yet, people. I mean, I know, but they're also going to change the rules. I think for the BBC. Are they? The rule being, when they've done all the other series, if you got knocked out in the first week, you still got the fee. Yes. So, in other words, we've actually talked... We talked to Brian Capron. He was kicked out in the first week. Yes. So you still get the whole fee. <gasps> but they don't do that anymore. Well, they're thinking of changing it so that, you know, if, if, you, if you do the whole series, you get the whole fee. Yes. But, uh, but you get paid as you go through. Well, it sort of makes sense in a way, doesn't it? Well, I want to see the, the BBC managing its money a bit better. Oh, yes. Well, exactly. Exactly. Giving it to the right people as opposed well. to celebrities who do earn a small fortune... As Brucey proves, with an income of 5.4 million last year. But there again, you know, he's been around forever. 
That's some income, though, I tell you. I know. 5.4 million. I mean, even I'm quite impressed by that. But it's not as much as Jonathan Ross was getting, so... No. I watched, actually, I haven't watched the whole thing. I taped it. I watched just the ending of yes. his thing. I actually found it quite moving. Yes. I mean, I also found it moving in so much as he's going to move to ITV. <laughs> in fact, uh, I, but I, I do predict he's not going to do it for a year. I think by that time the public will have moved on and found somebody else. Well, possibly. I absolutely adore Graham Norton. Yes. I mean, he's and so yeah, I've funny. I've read no end of things. They had people writing in to different shows saying, oh, no, he'll be terrible, he's this and that. Who, and, Graham Norton? Yeah, nobody will watch him. And I thought, no, and he's had to tone himself down. Oh, I don't, I don't agree. I think he'll be fantastic. I think he'll be great. Because he's, he adjusts himself. When he did the Dorothy thing, did you yes, see that? Yes, Which I just adored. You know, he was very <laughs> sort of family-orientated. Yeah. But when he does his really saucy show, he's quite saucy. Yeah. And I think he'll adjust himself. And Jonathan to... Ross is very saucy, ladies and gentlemen. He is a bit saucy. Yeah. But it's actually, I find him quite funny, though. He's yes, funny. I, mean, I think he actually admits that, you know, he's had good shows and he's had bum shows. Yes. And things like that. And then I think on his radio programme, which he's finished doing as well, mm. I think Graham will probably get that. In fact, he is doing it for a while. It's a case of, he said, 90% of the guests have been very good. 10% have been rubbish. See, I only want to know about the 10% who are rubbish. Oh. Who didn't live up to expectations. <laughs> well, he's not going to say. Because we actually, we, I've had a few over the years of guests who you think, oh, you're not as good. As you come across in the flesh. Yes. I mean, on the telly. Yes, you see them on, on the telly and then you meet them and you think, oh, you're not as, not as good. Some people are just charismatic on TV, aren't they? Well, some people are just genuinely nice. We did, yes. We did Michael Flatley a short while ago and, uh, and somebody said, oh, Michael, he'll be really difficult. He was absolutely charming. Really? He couldn't have been nicer. Really? More pleasant, more lovely, more everything. One of three people who, when he does an interview, he then writes to the person afterwards, handwritten... A, a letter saying thank you so much indeed. That I really is enjoyed it. So our lovely. People don't do that now. No, I Jilly mean. Jimmy Cooper does it. Really? And, um, and, um, who's the other one? The, the writer, uh, Collins. Jackie Collins does it as well. How lovely. She always write a note afterwards on, ha- on uh, her, her paper saying thank you so much, Steve. Nice to see you. That's yeah. delightful because the handwritten notes sort of gone out of fashion a bit, which mm. I think is a shame because yes. I, or if I go to a dinner party, oddly people have don't have dinner parties anymore, but mm. if I go somewhere, I'll always do a handwritten note yeah. or a card. Yes, I think it's, it's like a really nice thing to do. turning up for dinner and not bringing a present. I know you automatically take something, Definitely. you know, like like a bunch of flowers or something. You don't or just a turn up wine. with a bottle of wine. I know, but I've, I've seen people turning up on the television on this "Come Dine with Me" and they don't. Um, they, they don't turn up with anything, and you open the door and you go, hello? And they stand there empty, and you go, oh, well, sorry, not for you, and shut the door again. <laughs> Opportunity Knocks was an ITV show revived in the 80s by the BBC as Bob Says Opportunity Knocks. So oh. he did host it. Oh, right. Over on the BBC. The final season hosted by Les Dawson. Oh, Les Dawson. Les he was Dawson. amazing, wasn't he? Love Les Dawson. Yeah, it was Loved quite him. sad. He was just hilarious. Yes, we liked him a lot. Incidentally, before I forget, because we've only got 34 uh, minutes left, if you've got a question for Darren, then get it in quickly now. If your computer problems and your, your all sorts of stuff, then uh, get them in to steve at lbc.co.uk. Alan says, I thought the Legion produced all the poppies in a factory in the UK. Yes, the poppy factory is in Richmond. I go past it. Every day. It's on the corner. But what they do is they assemble the poppies in there. They've made them in the, f- in, in the past in there. I think what they do now is they will get certain bits of them. It's a plastic bit in the middle, mm. which they then put the paper poppy on and then push it together. Oh. 
Well, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay, isn't it? And the it? other ones, if they're making the big poppies, because they make all the wreaths are made there for the royal family, they would be made in, I would think, China, because it, would, it could produce them cheaper than we could make them here. Well, exactly. And the quality will be just the same. Yeah, the quality of stuff there is normally very good, actually, isn't yes. it? So... What would you rather have, ladies and gentlemen? You know, the sort of very expensive wreaths which sit there at the cenotaph, you know, exactly. lovely and rot, or some servicemen getting a bit of extra money. Yeah, I know absolutely. what my vote goes to. Absolutely. The servicemen. Right, OK, what we do, we take a, a short break, then we'll have more from Tony. She's got some more stories from the uh, the papers. Don't forget, you've only got you've only got till 10 o'clock this morning for the How Low the Sony Vio laptop. person with the lowest unique bid will win, lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. This has got 320 gigabytes of hard drive. It's wireless enabled and you can save all your photos, your music, your videos, everything. Hammer comes down 10 o'clock this morning. You text Steve, followed by your bid in pence. So if you want to bid £1.69, you text Steve 169 and then send that to treble eight two one. If you want to bid 168, you text Steve 168 and send it to treble eight two one. Competition finishes at 10 o'clock this morning. You've got an hour and 32 minutes. You've got to be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. You go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So there you go. And I'm happy to say that Tony Green's picture, which we put up last week, got uh, almost record number of hits. LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Tom Parker Bowles this afternoon. From three, with food and drink, and after France celebrated Bastille Day earlier this week, Tom will be looking at what makes a traditional French meal with renowned chef Raymond Blanc. Joining Tom in the studio, the Queen of Cheese, Patricia Mitchelson, will be pairing cheese with wine and telling you why you shouldn't be turning your nose up at the dairy offerings from the UK. Tom Pockerballs for food and drink this afternoon. From three on... Is it three or is it four? I get conflicting... Uh, <laughs> on here it says at the top from three and at the end it says from four. <laughs> so I'm assuming they've moved the time. It's from three, is it? Lovely. It's from three o'clock this afternoon. I know I get confused with times, but... Uh, um, apparently the Irish twins, Jedward, have made more than a million each since the end of the X Factor finals. Uh, no, I would think that would be quite easy to make. I've, I don't think they've made a million each. I don't know they might have done. It is weird, because when I first saw them, I thought, what on earth is going on? But mm. as it went on... You I warmed. used to start. Yes, I started looking forward to watching them. Yes, and they were on um, Jonathan Ross's last show, weren't oh, they? Oh, were they? Apparently, yeah. It was Alan Carr, Jedward, and somebody else who I can't remember David now. David Beckham. No, David Beckham was on the TV one. Oh, the TV. <gasps> oh, sorry, on the radio I, one. You're thinking. Yes, right. I okay. Love David Beckham. You love yes. David Beckham. <sighs> He's oh, right. just. Sorry, I'm so boring. <laughs> I'm so boring. Well, Jedward could because they had a shaken back advert. They've had the single out. They've done the tour. And they're just doing a reality show where they've moved out of their parents' house or their mum's house and they're living by themselves to see if they can cope. They are 18, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're babies, sake, really, aren't they? I don't know. Oh, Mentally, well, probably. Good luck to them. <laughs> Jenny says, when you're looking for a venue for your show, don't forget Cadogan Hall at Sloan Square. Oh, that sounds posh. Yes, nice. it's quite, quite posh. We're looking about five, six hundred seater. That's what we Gosh, do. That's amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we did Fairfield Halls in Croydon. That was 1,700. That was a wee bit too big. Gosh. That's vast. That is vast. Uh, Steve, celebrity mums get their figures back because they can afford a nanny to look after the baby. Therefore, they're not permanently tired and so have the time and energy to work on themselves. I suppose there, there is something, but maybe it's a discipline thing as well. Maybe yeah. they're just very disciplined. I mean, I saw a picture of Amanda Holden and she looked incredible. Yes. Not even a stretch mark. Yes, well, perhaps some people are just lucky. Some people just have those kind of bodies. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Stephen, the east of London is catered for. What about us in north-west London? Have you not heard of the Wembley Arena, says Ellie, to do your show? 
<laughs> worth thinking about. Worth thinking about, I suppose. I don't know. We could, I don't think we'd ever manage to fill that. It'd be worthwhile trying How it. many does that seat? I've got no idea. A lot. Way too many for an us. An awful lot. No, an, an average for us, I mean, between six and eight hundred we could do. That's pretty good. Yes. That's pretty amazing. I think in... I think the uh, Queen's in Hornchurch is... I think 511. Hmm. So we've done, we've done, you know, 1,000 seats there. So that's, that's pretty that's good. Nice. Not bad. It's Not a lovely bad. story here about Kylie, who right. I love. Um, she's doing, going to do a, a charity fundraiser to mark the fifth anniversary of beating the disease. She's drawing up plans for a star-studded concert to raise money for cancer charities in awareness of the condition that she battles so bravely. And all kinds of stars are going to be in this. It's going to be one of the most talked-about events in the showbiz calendar. Elton John, Robbie Williams and the Scissor Sisters are expected to get on board. Yeah. And um, I think that should be fantastic. She's, a, she's an amazing woman. Oh, she's going to be on Alan Carr, who I love. I love Alan Carr. You like too many people this morning. I'm worried oh. about this. You're oh, liking gosh. too many people. Oh, all right. Who In can fact, I not like? Every, I mean, who, who do you not like? Who do I not like? Yeah. Because you seem to like everybody. I'm I don't like everybody. No, I don't like everybody. Please don't worry about that. <laughs> you become a bit too show busy over a week. <laughs> <laughs> you like everybody. Too lovey, darling. Too lovey. I darling. love them all. I don't love them all, that is for sure. Yeah. Well, I suppose when I watch... What's that um, Jeremy Clarkson programme? Top Gear? Yes. You don't like that? No, I no. hate it, actually. I think because that's really a boys' programme. I suppose it is a boys' programme, yes. really. And um, who else? I have to have a think about that. But oh, I right. certainly don't love everyone. Please no. be reassured. Yes, please be reassured, everybody <laughs> at home. We really don't love everybody. It's not all lollipops and ice cream here. <laughs> Somebody called Ify Cuckoo. Who's? Oh, Big Brother. Oh, well done. Yeah, so Big good. Bro- yes. She apparently is, is about, I mean, they all have their 30 seconds of fame and she's had hers, apparently. She was kicked out. And then she's talked about all the other ones. Uh, some people who she likes and some people who she, she can't stand. John James, negative. Um, mm. The Irish girl, quite negative. Um, she's dreadful, actually. Nobody likes her. Even people I've seen on the television don't like her. Uh, Josie, I don't see why people like her. She's thick. I don't know who Josie is. I, haven't, I tried to watch it. Yeah. I did try. I thought, well, maybe I should be, you know, clued up to what's going on. Yeah. And I started taping it and watching it, and I couldn't. I do understand why people want to watch Celebrity Big Brother. That I probably would want to watch. But um, I don't. I just don't get it. But I mean, it's very popular, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I, 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 I am. She, she used to be a dancer with Cheryl Cole. I don't know what she achieved through being on the television. Absolutely zero, I think. Well, people, but some of them have gone on to be really well known. And yeah, Jade Goody. Who, who else? I'm, I'm not really clue. Oh, the um, presenter, the Irish presenter guy. Can't remember his name. Oh, who's that? Um, Brian somebody. Oh, Brian Dowling. Yes. Yes. Now, he's done very well. Yes, he's, he's not done too badly. I mean, most of them sort of turn over a reasonable living. But uh, some of them, you think, if, if you're going on there, then then try and do something that means that people watch you go, all right, we now see you as this. Yes. Yeah, because too many of them just disappear and they think, oh, I'll be a, be a glamour model. Well, it lasts five seconds. There's hundreds and hundreds of glamour models that go for something different. Yeah. Try, um, try and be a bit original. But it is the last series. I think the ratings have gone down quite a bit. Oh, I mean, as, as one of the reviewers said last week, he said somebody's being evicted on Friday and somebody will be evicted next Friday. He said, who cares? But it's not a lot in the papers now either, I've noticed. Whereas it used to be really big. Oh, well, it is, I suppose, in that. Yeah, but, but not that not much. In the, not in the same way it used to be. No, you're right. They, they have, the they have cut back, I'm afraid. Yeah. Which is all right. This is a really ridiculous story I've read here in the Sunday Mirror. Um, police are furious after being given an instruction leaflet telling them how to look smart in their new uniforms. The flyer, handed to 3,000 officers in Sussex, shows a perfect, inverted commas, cop, 
with a tick superimposed on him and a badly dressed officer slouching with his laces undone and looking unkempt with a cross over him. The leaflet tells Bobbies to tuck shirts into trousers, wear fleeces over stab vests, which should be outside shirts, and wear helmets at all times on patrol. And one officer said this leaflet is, is absolutely crazy. We're all adults and we do know how to tie our shoelaces and tuck our shirts since we were kids. It's like... It's madness, isn't it? Has it has gone mad. And goodness knows how much money that would have cost to produce the leaflet, which would have been better spent Thousands. on... Yeah, better Thousands. spent on something else. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. I think it's an insult to the, to the police, actually. It is, actually. actually. Just so they don't know how to dress. Of course they know how to dress. Exactly. Ginny says, the Poppy Factory does do tours. I went there some months ago. There's a short talk, tour of the factory, and then you get to talk to the workers. There's even a blind lady working there with her dog. You see the whole process... Uh, of the wreath making. Very interesting. Oh, that sounds great. So there you go. Actually, I, I pass it every day. It's down the road from me. It's, you can see it. It's got, really? It's got the word Poppy Factory written over it. You can't <laughs> really miss it. It's on the lower Richmond Road as you're heading down. Oh, it's so lovely right Carl knows it and everything. You know that? It's, it's your area, isn't it? You know that area quite well. Because you, you drive the bus down there, apparently. <laughs> A new part-time job. Wanted to be a conductor, and they went, no, no, we don't want you meeting people. <laughs> uh, there's a guy here, AT Movie Star... I think his name is Charlto Copley. I don't even know who he is, actually. No, I've never heard of him. But apparently he's, he's been in a, a, a strange uh, District 9 playing Howling Mad Murdoch in the film version of the 80s TV hit. Uh, he scotch claims he's a millionaire by insisting he's still saving up to buy his own house. See, I think people think if you're in a movie now, you make a lot of money. Well, and I mean, even if you do, then what? Then you're out of work. You know, well, this is the, the way it goes. Yes. You know, the life of an actor, unless you're... Meryl Streep or Glenn Close or somebody yes. amazing. When do you actually stop? I mean, there was a very famous actress, I can't remember her name, but years ago, and she said that she said, I want to eat cream cakes. And they went, no, you can't eat cream cakes, you'll be fat. And, you know, mm. you need to work in the film. So she, she said, I shall work and make a million dollars and then I shall retire and eat cream cakes. And that's what she did. Good she made a million dollars and, and ate cream cakes because, I, because there's so much pressure. I remember, exactly. I think, Judy Garland was saying and loads of other people, you'd have to get up early in the morning, four o'clock, the car would collect you take you to the studio they'd start doing your hair and if you were blonde they would then put glitter in glitter to, glitter to make sure that the lights reflected on it. if you look at some of the jean harlow films her hair positively glows all by itself yes because they used to comb glitter through Gosh. and then and if you were wearing if you were doing a costume drama you couldn't sit down for the whole day you had to lean up against a board they've got all these boards at the at the film sets goodness and you leant up against that and that was, that was your rest, because you couldn't sit down because the dress would get creased, your makeup was constantly being done. It was quite tough. It sounds quite nice, though. I yeah. love the idea of being made up. I, I remember I did an episode of The Bill, and I was so overexcited, because I was sitting in this chair, yeah. and I used to watch it, and sitting next to me was a policeman in curlers. Oh, really? And it was just like mm -hmm. this funny... Well, Small yeah. wonder they acted it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just very excited. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I mean, film sets are great. People get pampered, though. I used to do a show on Channel 5 years and years ago, and uh, we, had, we had three makeup artists. Three? And three, because there were so many of us. There were five presenters, mm. and if you had guests as well, there could be 20 people to make up. Goodness. And we would sit there in the morning, so you'd arrive looking awful, and then you'd sit there, and they would do your makeup, and you'd walk out thinking, blimey. But you had to be so careful putting on white shirts. You had to put them on and they had to put tissues around. Oh, yes. It's quite fussy to make sure they don't get the makeup on your collar. That would look awful. Yeah. And they'd be standing off, off set. You'd be doing the programme 
And then the moment you went to a break, they'd rush on, pat you down, <gasps> touch Ooh, the mate. Oh, lovely. I tell you, it was, it was great, actually. It was, it was great to sort of just realise you could look that good. Exactly. I remember a makeup artist made me up once, and it came out wrong. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I went, oh, I look gorgeous. And I said, no, no, I didn't mean that. It was sort of a compliment to you. Yes. Not saying I look gorgeous. Because yes. she made me look very natural. I always love makeup artists, and that's why there's a lovely picture in one of the uh, papers today, which I shall have to find in a second, because it's a picture I never thought I'd see. And I don't think she thought you were going to see it either. So wait a minute, it's not in, not in that paper. So it must. I wonder if it's in News of the World. Whatever paper it's in, I remember thinking, "Good grief, who is it?" And it turns out to be Joe Kalzaki's girlfriend. Oh, and uh, she's one of the Strictly Come Dancing girls. Oh, really? And her name is Christina Rianoff. Oh, and they've yeah, managed to get a picture of her without her makeup on. Mm. Oh my. God, that's all I can tell you. It is un... She is totally unrecognisable. Well, we all are. Totally. I didn't realise just how... I mean, I know makeup changes people, but I had no idea how, how different she looks in here. I can't find it at the moment. I shall find it later. But she looks completely different. In fact, the moment she spotted a photographer, she rushed into a shop and hid herself. I don't blame her. She looks totally, completely different. Really? She looks, I mean, just completely different. Well, the thing with the... Those kind of shows is they're made up so heavily. Yeah. It's really old-fashioned sort of showbiz makeup. Unbelievable makeup. So you are going to look different. I'd love yeah. to be made up like that. Wearing yeah. those dresses and zhuzh yes. about. Yeah. Oh, well. We all dream. We all <laughs> we dream. dream. Let's have a check on the uh, road, shall we? This morning, Craig Burchill. Thank you, Steve. Three. Twelve minutes to nine. LBC and LG want you to watch... TV and movies in style. So we're giving you the chance to win a Blu-ray and DVD home cinema system and a 3D Blu-ray player. For your chance to win this great prize, all you have to do, go to lbc.co.uk. Which is very nice indeed. Plus, I've got my How Low today, the Sony Vio laptop. I've just shown Tony, actually, the picture of uh, Christina Rianoff on page 33 of The People. Unrecognisable. I mean, you suddenly realise how this makeup is troweled on. I know. It's, but it's unbelievable. But it's so mean, I think, because, you know, we all need that extra bit of zhuzh to make us look okay, particularly when you get a little bit older. Yeah. Although she's, how old is she? She's not very old, is she? No, no, no. She's, she's only 32. Right, that's quite young. But she's troweled it on, so mm. she's unrecognisable. When you actually see her without makeup, it looks like he's taking his mother out. Oh, you're so mean. Well, I'm sorry. Anybody else, go and get the people, have a look, page 33, and you look at a picture of her, and if somebody said to you, is this his new girlfriend or his mother he's taking out, and they go, that's Cristiano Ronaldo. You go, really? Unbelievable. Well, shows I've... how clever those makeup artists are. Exactly. Thank God for makeup artists. Yeah, absolutely. There's a Fraser Hines has battled cancer. Now, Fraser was in Emmerdale for many, many years. He mm. played Joe Sugden. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's come through the other side. So, do you know, it's, I don't know if it's just talked about more, but it just seems to be more and more common. You're just hearing of so many celebrities. Yes. Who was the other one? Um, Jennifer Saunders. Yes. Jennifer Saunders. But she was very good. She kept it quiet. Yes, she and did. And then came through, whereas other people, the moment that they get diagnosed, they're straight to the papers mm. selling the story. And you think, are you doing this because, A, you want to make some money? Or B, are you doing it to help other people? Because everybody goes through it and everybody's different in their own way. Well, exactly. Everyone deals with it in a completely different way. We've all way. known somebody who's been touched by, by cancer at some point. Exactly. It's, what is it, one in three? Something, I think so, yeah. Something frightening, actually. Yes, I've lost a few members of the family to cancer. Have uh, you? To yeah. Cancer. My dad, years ago. Yeah. yeah. It is awful because apparently it's in all of us. It just depends whether something happens that uh, triggers it off. You oh, don't, is that right? Yes, you don't... You don't 
collect it from somewhere. It doesn't float through the air or anything like that. It's in us. Gosh. We've all got it. And, uh, and generally speaking, after they've sort of done all the... They have to try and get rid of all of it because it, it learns... It's like everything in our body, it learns how to... That's why you, you take different cold remedies, because the cold learns how to combat the remedy that you've given your body to kill it. So Goodness. it then multiplies. And that's with cancer, that they can see how it works, and it multiplies and multiplies, and they try and get rid of it. Gosh, I mean, I've got two friends who've had mastectomies. Yeah. And both, actually, have done incredibly well. Yes. And both almost, I think, say, I mean, I know it's a bit cliché, that it's been an amazing experience because yes. it forces you to change. Yes. There's no, there's no alternative. I had a lady years ago who used to listen to me, and she, not only did she have a... She had a double mastectomy, <gasps> but she was also Goodness. a carer for her mother. So she had everything heaped mm, on her. Goodness. Absolutely everything. And she came in, and she was very upbeat. Was she? Yeah, very upbeat. But, um... It, it was it was quite traumatic, I think. It yes. is for women. I don't think men realise just how, how traumatic it can be. No, definitely. Well, I took this one friend into hospital and she was saying at first she would not have this mastectomy. She wouldn't. She said, I can cope with the idea of cancer, yeah. but I can't cope with the idea of losing my breast. Yes. But actually, by the time she was in the hospital, I took her there. She was amazing. Yes. She's going around chatting to everybody and yes. she's fine now. Yes. So. It, you, you can always get... Uh, Get get through it. You yeah, can always exactly. get through it. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. There's um, a woman in the paper today, Emma Collins. She managed to get a free wedding. Oh, For 20,000 quid. All she did, she asked for it on Facebook. So total strangers have, have sort of given her these things. Why? I don't know. It was after a 14-year engagement, she'd pinned her dreams of a fairytale big day and winning a radio competition, but she was pipped into second place... She said, I was gutted at losing out, and she looks like she has been gutted, but I got back to find the streets lined with hundreds of well-wishers, and it turned out somebody had uh, set up a Facebook page on the internet to get us a free wedding, and she got 20,000 quid's worth of that's, stuff. That's astonishing. Hair, makeup, gold wedding dress, buffet meal for 150 people, outdoor marquee, Georgian mansion. She's got everything. That doesn't make any sense. Limousine, professional photographer, dove release, DJ and disco, flowers for the venue, fuchsia pink wedding cake, wedding invitation cards, gold wedding bands. That's just kind of weird in a way, because even getting people to give to charity is a bit yeah. of a struggle. So, so why why would they give to her? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's astonishing. Yes. Astron- astonishing. Yeah. She said, <laughs> uh, we've got a flock of white doves to release. Um, the, the, the buffet... For 150 guests, it's 7,500. I can believe it. Is it really? Oh, blimey. It's that well, expensive, is it? Well, I I've got loads of nieces and nephews. They've all had weddings, and I know it costs a fortune. Yeah. She's got it all free. Incredible. Good because for her, friends actually. friends set it up. I didn't know they did such a thing on the radio competition. How fantastic for her. Goodness. Well done. She's in, uh, she's in Welsh Wales, actually. But got Welsh everything. Wales. Welsh Wales. That was my Welsh accent. Good luck I hope nobody to Welsh is listening. <laughs> I do a sort of cod Welsh. Cod Welsh. And a cod northern and a cod whatever. Oh, I can't They're do northern, actually. Ac- All my northern accents sound the same, I'm afraid. Yeah, mine do as well. I don't. I'm not very good at things like that. Mind you, I think the Americans are worse at doing British accents. Well, that, except for some of them. Like, yeah. uh, what's her name, who was in Sliding Doors? Um, oh, Sliding Gwyneth Doors. Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Her accent was impeccable, because it was slightly middle class. Oh, I right. do not know how she did it. Oh. She was brilliant. So I go. loved that film, actually. I, I went to see Secret Garden in America... And they had um, some people in there, and they don't realise, as in we did, we don't, re- we just think, oh, everybody in America talks like that. Well, <laughs> that could be just one region, like here. Oh, they yes. think, you know, everybody talks either like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, or if they try and do a Manchester accent, that's even worse. I know, but they love the the English accent over there. Yes, they absolutely love it. Look at it's this. Like a sort of status. What do you think that is? Well, if I show you, it's going to tell you. I have no idea. What I is complained it? the other week bitterly about the fact that when you jet wash, I don't know. Have you got a jet wash, Johnny? 
You've got to jet wash home. When you, if, if you jet wash the patio, the mud that comes up, you end, the first time I used it on my brother's patio, I was absolutely covered in all, it just throws it back at you. And I was complaining bitterly. And a guy called John Confrey says, I'm going to send you in something Ooh. which stops the mud. And so I thought, well, what, I mean, barring send me in a bin liner <laughs> to wear or paper trousers or something. But what he's done is invented this Andy Shield, it's called. And you clip this on to the bottom of the jet wash. No yeah. mess. That's very clever. Isn't it? It's a simple little idea. They have a website, actually. It's Andy Shield. Dot com a n d y shield dot com. That's so a really clever idea, and it it should bend slightly. He said, and it stops all this mess going up your legs because I got filthy. Gosh, that's so, a really clever idea. Clever boy, John. Mm, clever excellent. Boy. Well done. Dawn says, brilliant news to think you're doing a show at the Leicester Square Theatre. Well, we're looking at it. It's going to take us around two hours to get to your Hornchurch show. A show more central would be very welcome. She oh, says. that's good. It does. It's, in, it's, it's going to take a while to get to Haunch, but well worth it, Dawn. Absolutely. Well worth it. Oh, look. Okay. What? Stephen Fry voted number one dream travel pal. Is he? Quite surprised, actually. Yes. TV presenter Stephen Fry has been voted the person people would most like to go on a trip with. Oh, right. Uh, host and comedy star topped a list of celebrities that passengers would like to have as a travel partner on a weekend getaway by train. He narrowly beat Prince Harry. Really? Yes. God. And singer Lily <laughs> Allen came third in the list of dream travellers. Who's that? Who's that? Lily Allen. Lily. Oh, I don't want to go on her with a train. Thank you very much indeed. Gosh. Although, yeah, I can. Stephen Fry's. I, I mean, can he's, understand he's that very provided, entertaining. Yes, provided he, he would be entertaining. And he's funny. Yeah. And he looks like a nice person. Yeah. So I I'd rather go with Alan Wicker. I'd like to go with Richard Gere. Would you? Yes, but that, I think that we're talking about travelling here. <laughs> I'd like to go with Michael Palin. David Beckham. Yeah, you getting see, carried away, you I know, see. you're getting carried away. Carl, you know, you, you take Carl just for novelty value. Oh, Carl yes. would be like one of these little things you hang from your mirror in the car. Oh, that would and it be just fantastic. sways backwards and forwards. That would be. Yes, a... but smells nice. <laughs> yes, it'd be one of those things that emits an odour, which I quite like. Uh, Steve says, Pat, why don't you come and do a show at the Harlow Playhouse? We're a friendly lot in Harlow. I know, I go there often to visit my hubcaps, and, uh, which is quite <laughs> nice. Now, I do know Harlow quite well. We've, we've been down there a few times with the, uh, with the kids. That we know about this. We know about this. Sadly, we've got no more time. We've run oh, out. Oh, God, that's so you have to really take away your, your dreams of David Beckham and all these other people. Richard Gere. Richard Gere. <gasps> Enrique in, in, uh, I can't say it. Enrique Iglesias. God, he's... Not I'm, his father. Not his father, I'm afraid. So you like them young, don't you? Well, not always, but he Carl, is... Carl, lock the door, OK? Just, <laughs> you know, just to be on the safe side. Enrique, I saw him interviewed by, can't remember who, and he is completely and utterly... Gorgeous. Really? Yeah, completely. I interviewed his father. Did you? Yes. Yes. I'm sure his father's very I did nice Julio too. Iglesias. He was lovely, actually. Was he? He was really lovely. He actually owns his own airport. My goodness. He owns his own airport. Where? I mean, how rich is... I don't know where he lives. He actually owns the airport. I mean, how, how rich is goodness that? Goodness me. You imagine? I see all these houses on the... T there's one they've just uh, restored down by my way, and uh, it's up for sale. It's on, it's on an estate. They sort of... It had land, and the land's become this estate of houses, which started about three million. Uh, they've got some flats as well. And the house has now gone. I think it's Gordon's house in Richmond. And it's gone on the market. They wanted 25 million. They've reduced it to 15. Oh, what and a I bargain. Thought, Lovely. But there's no, there's no garden to it. It's got a piddly little garden. I thought, if you're spending 15 million, I want somewhere nice. Absolutely. You know, somewhere nice you can run around naked in the early hours of the morning, you know. As just, you do. As you do. <laughs> 
not for many a year. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Tony. Thank you. Tony's back with us very shortly. If you don't know what she looks like, you can check her out. She's on the uh, on the the Twitter page. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she goes. Oh my God. Well, I looked fat in it. Oh, for goodness sake! You Listen, do. I was how wearing do you, a clingy how do you think dress. I feel? How do you think I feel? Dreadful. Anyway, she's back with us very shortly. Thank you very much. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of your day. Thank News you. is next. It's LBC. Darren's here. We're going to sort out your techie problems. When football on TV was rarely shown live, and you knew the results every Saturday at five, you might be ecstatic. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast. We've got a birthday to celebrate in one moment. Darren's with us. Morning. Good morning. I have a, a letter for you. Oh, good. Okay, I've now served you with the writ, and there it is. <laughs> how we laughed. And I guess you know how we laughed. Is? You've opened it already. No, I haven't. I got one as well. Oh, what but is I can't that? remember what it is. But I also got sent this, which I know is going to appeal to you. Uh, this one is out not till next week, and it's called The London Underground. It's by Andrew Emerson, and uh, it's. Uh, it's the London Underground. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Or but a they, book about the London Underground. Did you know that during the Second World War, Aldwych Station became the home of the British Museum's famous Elgin Marbles? I've oh, been in knew. the very tunnel that they were kept oh, in. Oh, really? I have. Oh, you knew that? I've been down on the platform. And did you know that part of Piccadilly Circus housed art from the Tate Gallery? I did indeed. Well, how do you know this? I've only just <laughs> told you. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I did. If you go on the... They do tours of Woolwich Station from time to time. You have to walk down a very long staircase. Well, how do you know this? I've only just mentioned this book. And um, you go onto the platforms, which are now closed, and then they take you into the tunnel where all the stuff was stored. Yeah. Oh. So, yes, I have. I've been there. I've also been to Down Street Station, which is between Piccadilly Circus and I Park oh. Corner, which is where the uh, war rooms the, during the Second World War... Which I've not came. mentioned it, honestly. And uh, apparently the thing about those, that was, um, during the war... They had kitchens in there to serve food to all the staff. Because they're very hard-working forces staff and yeah. secret service and all that, the food quality was actually quite good. And the people standing at High Park Corner or Piccadilly Circus couldn't understand where all the smells of roast dinners and things were coming from. Oh, how lovely. I could eat I a roast dinner now. There you go. Well, anyway, I'm going to give you this book, Thanks. The London Underground by Andrew Emerson. Thank you so much. Which is really nice, actually. Thank you for that. Very nice indeed. And you'll enjoy it. Actually, if you've not been, ladies, go to take the children to the London Transport Museum because that really is. And you can go and sit in genuine old carriages. The worst thing is, you'll remember if you're over the age of forty, all of these first time round. Mm. First time, kids round. going free. Yes, kids going free. And I've got to do a happy birthday today. It's a happy fifth birthday to Harry. It's Harry's birthday today. So, many happy returns of the day, Harry. Lots of love from Mummy, Daddy and Jack. And I hope that, uh, as today's now going to be renamed Harry's Day, you can have a, a nice day out. And you'll get sweets and there'll be presents and cards and a cake and everything. So, Harry celebrates his birthday today. Let's just say, lots of love from Mummy, Daddy and Jack. Enjoy that. Also, just before we get down to uh, Darren's questions, don't forget my How Low today, which is the Sony Vio laptop which is a nice little thing to have. So you can either keep it for yourself or you can give it away as a present to somebody, you know, somebody deserving. 320 gigabytes of hard drive, wireless enabled. You've got 52 minutes to get your hands on this one. First one with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pencil nobody else makes. Hammer comes down. 10 o'clock this morning. You text Steve, then your bid in pence and send that to treble eight two one to bid £1.48. You text Steve, 148, and send it to treble eight two one. You make up your own uh, 
your own pence. Got to be over 16. Competition finishes, as I say, in 52 minutes' time. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck, because it's a really, really nice prize. Really, really nice prize, and you will love it. I know that you like it whenever we have these, uh, these Sony Vio laptops. OK, you ready? Uh, no. <laughs> well, uh, reading this book. It's, re- it's good, That's isn't it? Well, it's a shame, isn't it? Because it says here, few people will believe you used to be able to get the dis- district line to South End. Did you? you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's... that'd be a day out, wouldn't it? Just to get the district line and end up in South End. <laughs> yeah, come lovely. back very quickly. Actually, the nice thing is that when you go, sorry to talk about this again, but when you go to the <laughs> uh, London Transport Museum and you look at the railway carriages and you think, and you say to people you're with, especially if they're young, you go, I remember these carriages. I can remember the noise. I can remember the smell. No, yeah. I can remember the moquette. I can remember all the cigarette ends in the floor, in the slatted wooden mm. floors. Unbelievable. Anyway, from Stuart, who is coming to the show, F1 and 2. But which show? Which show? Three or seven. Uh, can you ask your friend Darren... Not my friend. Uh, how to restore lost data <laughs> from a Mac. Friend? My friend, yes. My friend Andrew from Highgate has lots of photos on his Mac. The message says, new software to update. Then it says, restart to install. It switches off to restart. Now it won't restart. And in the centre of the screen, there's a folder with a face that swaps to a question mark and back again. Hmm. Restart the machine again. Hold down the X button when the machine chimes. You know that little chime it makes when you restart your computer? Yes. And uh, it will reboot, hopefully, into um, OS X and start properly. Right. Good luck. If it doesn't, ring the Apple Care line, uh, or make an appointment to see a genius at the Apple store. Oh, right. Yes, you can do that, Stuart. You can go go and make an appointment. But uh, give that a go. It usually works. Okay. Got all that? So... Restart the computer when it chimes. Mm. Put keep your finger on the X button until it uh, boots properly. You'll get the little Apple, Apple right. logo and it should boot properly. Okay. Uh, James is praying you can help on this one. He says, uh, "Thank goodness I've got a spare laptop. The Sony Vio is working fine. Last night I got a pop-up box from AVG saying I'd need to restart to install important updates. Went ahead." Clicked restart. Ever since then, the computer's been restarting over and over again with the same screen which says configuring update stages three of three. Not percent complete. Do not switch off your computer. Is there any way I can break this loop? It must have gone through the cycle about 50 times. I've tried interrupting by pressing mm. F8 and trying to start in safe mode, but I get the same result. Sounds like the Windows has updated itself and is stuck in a loop. You're going to have to dig out your disks, your system disks. Right. Stick those in reboot and boot to the system disk that you have and ask Windows to repair your um, setup. Dear Windows, you haven't you said whether it's Vista 7 or Garantos Lage, 13 and 3 quarters. Are you having one of your diabetic moments? I'm having moments one of again? my diabetic moments, yeah. yes. yes. So <laughs> I hope that helps. Yes, can you say it again? No. Well, I've forgotten what it was. Um, <laughs> put your uh, system disk into the computer, reboot to the system disk and ask it to repair the installation. Okay. Hopefully that'll work. All right. Okay. Um, always back your computers up, by the way. These first two, if you've got backups of them, you wouldn't need to worry about it so much. Right. Um, the first one, he's got lots of photos on his Mac. If you backed it up, you wouldn't need to worry so much. You could just reinstall the Mac operating system and then restore the photos from the backup. So do back up. Do back up. Make sure you back you up. Back up. You just do, with, there's no excuse for the Mac because there's something called Time Machine. Yes. You just plug in an external drive and it backs up automatically. There you go, you see. With a Mac, you don't need to worry about that. As long as you've plugged in the external drive. 
Yours is doing it automatically. Yeah, mine does it automatically. Every, day, every hour, in fact. Every hour. Yeah. Right. All your words of wisdom that you type. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the only thing I haven't quite got to grips with. Because the only thing I ever type up are sort of a couple of business, you know, like you, we sort of look after sort of properties and things like that. And I have to sort of type things up. Right. You, you have to type notes and everything else and print them. And then I, I print my invoice. But I never know where it's gone to after I've printed it. So each time I open up a new page and print again. Whereas on my last thing, it was there and I just changed the date and the... Th- yeah, well, you just go to open and open current uh, old document. Oh, really? Yeah. Simple as that? Yeah. OK. Rather than new. <laughs> right. Why don't you send in the question? Uh, well, uh, do you know, to be honest, we'll it would be a lot, a lot easier, actually, yeah. if I sent in uh, questions. There you are. Harry's very thrilled today. Well, Prince Harry. Well, do you, every time you say the word Harry, you just think... Isn't it funny? You just automatically think Prince Harry. You tend to forget, you know, lots of people have got... In fact, actually, hasn't, hasn't Daryl got Harry the Labradoodle? I think he's got a dog called Harry. So, Harry, you're in very Darryl good company. Who? Who are you sorry? talking about? Daryl, sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, now Noreen well, says, can you come to St Albans for a show? How about coming back to Radlett, please? St Albans? St Albans is only just it's one much up. It's easier if you come to us than us coming <laughs> yes. to you. Or central London would be good for all of us out-of-townies. Yeah. She, said we're, she said we're starting out early on the 1st. Bless her heart, honestly. Bless her, it'd be lovely to see you. Uh, right, is there any way, says Eve in Spain, when opening pictures on Vista, you can actually see the pictures as on XP. So annoying, you have to open the contents of a folder before you can see them. Right, in the views drop-down... Uh, task pane select which size you want the icon to be so small medium or large if that doesn't work you've got to go to the control panel and in the view tab of the folder options there's a little thing that says folder options uncheck the following option always show icons never thumbnails okay so make sure that's not ticked if it if always show icons never thumbnails is ticked you're not going to get the preview so untick that and away you go there you go. Simple as that. Right. Simple as that. I did save you, because you asked me to, and I have saved it for you, the free DVD. CD, you mean? CCD of The Phantom of the Opera and Love Never Dies. Oh, thank you so much. Which comes free with the... Uh, I think I've got all the tracks what already. What colour is Gavin Henson? His makeup. I'm told he's a bit nerdy. He's a rugby player. He's a, yeah, well... Is he... I mean, you know rugby. Is he... Is he a liked, successful rugby player, or is he one that spends too much time wearing makeup and <laughs> zuzzing his hair? Well, as he plays for Wales and I support England, I'm the wrong person to ask. Okay, wears too much makeup, Gavin. So <laughs> I'm looking at this picture on the front of Fabulous, the News of the World magazine. He looks like he's got eyeliner on. He probably has for the shoot. Very effeminate, I'm afraid, for a rugby player. I wouldn't mess with any rugby players if I were used to. Actually, but the, do you remember the something? Do you remember that, that High Court judge who said a few weeks ago, he said, the, the, the indication is, you know, if, if a homosexual, they go to Kylie Minogue concerts. <laughs> and this was asylum seekers coming in, and apparently they, the freedom to go to a Kylie Minogue concert, and, uh, and they don't enjoy, you know, these contact sports. I thought, you haven't been to rugby, my lord, for some time, because there's quite a number of gay rugby players out there at the moment, just to really get you going. Right, we'll take a short break. We've got more uh, questions. We've got a few more to get through in a moment with uh, Darren. It's Harry's birthday. Did I mention it was Harry's birthday? It's 9.15. LG. It's 18 minutes uh, past nine. David, actually, quickly in Crouch End, uh, couldn't find any RTs at the London Transport Museum. Acton, David. I think, I think they're at the Acton yeah. Depot. And well, they that's open... only open a couple of times a year. Yeah, you need to check with Acton. Acton Depot is fantastic. You're right, they were the mainstay from 39 to 79 of the fleet. The, the only problem is, at the London Transport Museum, they've got limited space, yeah. and most of the stuff was in there. Because I, the, the only question I ask is, how do they get these trains in there? These things well, must weigh a ton. they built it around the train, I think. 
It was part of the old flower market, wasn't it? Yeah. The fruit market. And it was just yeah. absolutely... But it, it's worth it going, and especially as kids go for free, and they've got all sorts of memorabilia. I mean, all of a sudden turning into a bit of an anorak on trains and buses. I remember going to the British Transport Museum when it was at Clapham. Really? As a child, yeah. I love the idea. I'd, I was looking at a bus driver today as I was coming into the car, and I thought, I'd love to drive a bus. I'd love to drive... Not, not the one that has to stop everywhere, because I think I'd get annoyed. <laughs> Somebody put their hand out and be running for it, because I'm not stopping, I haven't seen you. Anyway, from Frankie... I recently uh, bought a BlackBerry Bold 9700, and I cannot connect to LBC via the internet. I get a message saying JavaScript not enabled, even though in my options browser it's enabled. How can I get you on the move? I don't think it's an LBC app for the BlackBerry, but um, if you can get Wonder Radio, which is spelled with a U, W-U-N-D-E-R, Wonder Radio app, uh, you can listen to LBC via that. We must find out, actually, why we haven't got one for the BlackBerry. Yeah. Why haven't we? Ask Adrian. Yes, I'll have a word with Adrian. Gary says, whilst everybody's putting in requests for venues, can I suggest the Beck again? <laughs> I think we should do the Royal Opera House. I think, yes, I think the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> we should do the Royal Albert Hall. We could sell out the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> in your dreams. Yes, that's what I thought, actually. Uh, Brenda. Morning, Brenda. Oh, actually, queen, I know Brenda. The Queen Sorry. writing in. The Queen's writing in. Is she really? Said, Dear Steve and Darren... <laughs> Here we are at Buckhouse. I have an iPhone 3GS and I am unable to receive pictures stroke photos which have been sent by text to me. I'm able to send photos by text but have a problem receiving. Make sure your MMS function is switched on under phone. Under Go phone. Settings, phone settings. and the settings in there. Okay. That's settings is no, somewhere you don't in need it. You to do it now. Steve. No, I'm not doing it. I'm just, <laughs> I do sometimes go on and check things. You know, I like to. Yeah. Somebody says you do this. I like to go and have a quick check. Okay, well, you haven't got an iPhone 3GS, so there's no point. I have so. No, you haven't. This is what? What's this one? iPhone 3G. Why have I not got 3GS? Well, everyone else wants iPhone 4. You've got 3G too. I've got the same as, oh, I've got the same as Carl. That's all right. Because if he had one bigger than mine, I'd be a bit, a bit depressed by that. So we've both got the same one, haven't we? I've got to go out today. I tell you what I'm going to go and get today, I'm afraid. I've got to rush off afterwards. I want to get another cover for the... Just get a new phone, for goodness sake. I can't afford it. They're free on contract. I mean, you can't afford it. I've got two iPads. I've still got an iPad. The money you're paying per month for that... Yeah. It's actually cheaper to go and buy a new phone. Yeah, but they don't have any. Anybody's got any phones. They haven't got any phone for me. Russell, my friend, got one yesterday. Just went in and bought it. Yes, but he's a shoplifter. He just goes in and picks them up. That's the trouble. (laughs) Yes, he just went in and bought it. Lovely. Anne says, can Darren recommend software for burning CDs, DVDs? I use a laptop with Windows XP and have Burn for Free. Whatever that um, is. Nero's a very common one, very popular one. There's lots of burning. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Nero for, for, for Rome burning. Yeah, that's why it's called... Oh, how funny. That's why it's called Nero. Isn't that... Yeah. Do you know, honestly, I never thought of that, ladies. <laughs> Nero and burning. How funny. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, because they could have called it Pudding Lane. Couldn't they? They called it Nero. Well, there you go. So, Nero. No more sugar for Steve today, No more sugar. Gail in Shropshire says, uh, uh, are you coming to the Midlands with your show, as I'd like to see it? (laughs) (laughs) The look of Darren's face. Exactly. Are your hanging baskets still blooming because of the bad, wet, windy weather? Oh, shut up about your blooming hanging baskets. They're gorgeous. And you're right, the wind, I felt like strapping them down with bricks because they were swinging about like goodens. You and your high-fibre diet again. Yes. Right, uh, from Ken... Is it possible to change the settings on my computer's DVD drive from Region 1, which is, is now to multi-region? The DVD drive on my computer is the only DVD player I have, and I recently bought a BBC-produced DVD, not realising it wouldn't play on my player, because it's Region 2. 
Isn't that British, Region 2? Region 2 is British, yes. Yeah. You get a certain amount of times to change the region. So where did he get computer? his computer's DVD? D- he wants to change it from Region 1. Where do you get your computer from if it's got Region well, 1? You, most computers allow you to change it a few times and then it's right. set. Right. Um, oh, is Darren be aware? You're not allowed to keep switching the drive set from region one to region two and back again. So at present, I'm stuck with a DVD. I can't yeah, use. Yeah, it's a complicated process and oh. it's not strictly legal either. Oh right. So, uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> right. So have a Google it. Google it. Yes, yeah. we, we, yes. I can't help you on that. We Google it. But I'll be warned if you get it wrong when you're doing whatever the It'll, patch is, um, you could lose your uh, DVD drive completely. Yeah. So be warned, and it probably. Um, invalidates any warranty you have as well. Right. On Eve's question, she said, thank you for answering the problem. Can you repeat how to uncheck the box? Um, you got as far as the control panel. You go to c- control panel. Bless. This is the one that couldn't display yeah. previews of the photographs. Yes. In Windows Vista, I do believe. Yeah. Is that the one? Yes. Um, I think you have to go to control panel. Yeah. In the views drop down the, uh, let me start again. In the views drop down the task pane, select which size you want of the preview, so small, medium or large. Right. And if that doesn't work, go to control panel and there's a view tab in the control panel on the folder options. Okay. Right. Uncheck the following option. Always show icons, never thumbnails. Because you want it to ch- show thumbnails. So at the moment it sounds like that box is checked. So uncheck it or untick it. Right. Untick it. All right. Okay. Sorted. Or fairly that, if you missed that again, podcast the programme. As indeed thousands of you do every day. Peter in Stanmore says, can you help with the following? Every time I start up my laptop, I receive a message starting that Windows Firewall is turned off. I go through the procedure of turning the firewall on again, but unfortunately the problem reoccurs every time I use the computer. Any suggestions? Yeah, you go to um, <coughs> the control panel. And turn off Windows Firewall. And then it says... I'm trying to think which section it's in. There's a section where you say... You tick it the little box that says, I will monitor Windows my own firewall. I've got my own firewall option. Tick that, and that um, warning will go away. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't get into the options on this computer to have a look. But there is a section where it says, I have got my own... Windows firewall, my own firewall option, you tick that box, right. and then it will go away. Okay. Russell's got a question which a lot of people have. Last year I installed AVG antivirus on my Windows XP PC, but I got a bit confused by it all and went and paid for it. Right. Now it's up for renewal. Can I just renew it with the free version? And if so, what do I need to do about the existing one on my PC? And finally, is there any point to the paid version? The paid version has more security options, so there'll be anti-spyware and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, if you want to go back to the free version, uninstall AVG completely. Go to the AVG website and download the free one and install that. Right. The point of the paid one is there are more, you know, it will scan it for more than just viruses. Right. So but does that make sense, Russell? I think he's a plumber, actually. I don't know why he's got plumbing on his thing. Uh, Karen says, I'm desperate to get a good MP3. My children are horrified at the thought of me getting an iPod touch. They don't like Apple. Oh, Lord, they must be the only children in the country who don't. Heavens above, you need to be trendy. Look at all the colours, the funky colours you can get. She says, however, what would you recommend? It needs to be robust, this MP3, because I'm using it in school. Creative Zen. The Zen ones are great. The little yes. tiny little Zen ones. Yeah. Nothing wrong with iPods. Yeah, there's nothing. No, her children don't don't like iPod touches. Blimey, I'll tell you. Get an ordinary iPod. Get an ordinary iPod. Little tiny the shuffle. ones. The shuffles are tiny. I don't like the shuffles. Nano. Sorry. 
Nano, nano, nano. 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 Yeah. Yes. I don't like the shuffles. I take I like to see the track I'm playing. Well, you push the button on the speaker and it tells you all the track you're playing. Is. Yes. Yes, but I like to see what's coming up. Sorry, I don't want to be difficult about this. Okay, Rachel uh, says, at the time we have left, when I play audio or DVDs on my PC, no sound comes out of the speakers. The only way I can listen to music or watch DVDs is by using headphones. Oh, Go to control panel, click on sounds and audio devices, make sure the mute button is not ticked, and make sure the device volume is up. All your your volumes need to be up on there. Even I do that. And there's a speaker volume section as well. Yeah. But I had that on my last computer, yeah. so that's why no sound's coming out. So go to the control panel, sound uh, device, sounds, it's got a picture of a speaker. Device, yeah. Click on that, and then there'll be a, you do that, and it, it will sort it all out for you. OK, good luck. Uh, I haven't got any more time, actually. Oh, dear. I haven't got any more time, actually. Although my friend, my friend, my mother Jackie opened an email sent by a friend, says Sam, ever since a stranger seems to have got hold of her address book and keeps sending out emails on her behalf. Is it a virus or has somebody hacked into the account? Change the password. Change the password. Okay, change the password. She's elderly, doesn't have a PC at home, but uses the PC in the library. Oh, well, there you go. Probably forgotten to log out one day. Yes, mm. and so that's why. Okay. Thank you very much, indeed, Darren. Pleasure. Darren's back with us on Tuesday with a few ideas of telling you where to go. I've got a few ideas of my own. And he's back with Petri on Friday and back with us next Sunday, right here on 97.3. LBC 97. 97- Six minutes to ten after the news at ten this morning. In for Andrew Pierce, who's off probably for more Botox or something like that. I shouldn't wonder. David Mellor is here. <laughs> Morning, Actually, he's off for a party. Oh, don't believe. spoil it. I mean, Bot- I Botox is far but more Maybe he's having Botox on the way. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him at all. So, do you, do you have a copy about your person of Mandelson's uh, uh, memoirs? Yeah, but actually, do you know something? I might even buy them because I, I like bitching. Yeah, and oh, I must good. Say, um, <laughs> in the right you know, and I must, I must say, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. It may be something yeah. that will come up um, uh, in the discussions later on. But, you know, there's old Mandy, you know, he's Brown's best mate. He's telling us all to vote for Brown. And before that, he's Blair's best mate. Yes. And then suddenly, you know, they lose the election. Out comes the real Mandy, says how awful they both were. You know, gets a lot of money, a million, it said. Yes. Why on earth didn't he tell us all this? You know, these blokes are supposed to be straight with the public. But or am don't. I being naive? You're being naive. Well, you, I'm, you're not being naive. But the strange <laughs> thing is, he actually admitted, he, he appeared on This Morning the other day, and he was trying to sell the other side of Mandy, not the Prince of Darkness. He was trying to be all cuddly, all, almost a bit sort of Geoffrey Archer saying, call me Jeff. Yeah. You know, it, it was that, that kind of thing. And actually, I warmed him a lot more than I had before, because I know how, how good he is at what he does. But Mandy, I think, is in love with two things, both of which I think are inconsistent with his political career. He's in love with himself, beyond what most politicians are, yes. and he's in love with money. And yes. I think that, you know, he'd sell his granny for tuppence. That's the yes, or, or, or a penny, if she can get to Or a them. penny, yeah. I mean, you know, let's, let's, not, let's not hold out for the maximum here. OK, so uh, what am I going to talk about today? Well, we had a good discussion, because I was um, doing Drive all this week, mm. about the burqa. And there's an interesting argument that's uh, emerged in one of the papers today. Is a ban on the burqa as bad as forcing a woman to wear one? In other words, women shouldn't be forced to wear a burqa, but then if they choose to do so, why should they be forced not uh, to wear one? I think we're a different society to France. I don't, France is, a, mm. is an authoritarian state, basically. And, I mean, I, as far as I recall, there isn't even the right of individual application to the European um, Court of Human Rights. In mm. other words, you know, what the state says goes and the judges are just part of the state. They can force through, although they've got a five million Muslim population banning the burqa. But 
I just don't think it would be feasible here, nor desirable, but other people would disagree. Why do they want to wear it? It, it doesn't say in the Quran you have to wear no, it. Exactly. It says dress modestly. So why would somebody want to dress top to toe in something that's not particularly attractive and, and doesn't actually do anybody any favours? I couldn't agree more. But if they choose to do so, are we right to say they shouldn't? Yes. Or would we be right to say they shouldn't? And there's a subtext of this, actually, because, of course, what uh, the Muslim community want is tolerance. Uh, and I, as someone who has quite a lot of Muslim friends, a lot of Muslim friends, actually, I'm happy to extend that tolerance. But it's necessary for Muslims to extend tolerance to us. There's a terrible story in one of the papers today that Muslim bus drivers are chucking people, blind people, off buses because they, they consider dogs to be unclean, so they won't allow yes. a guide dog on a bus. I mean, now look, this Have could be... Have you ever walked be... down the Edgware Road with, with, with a dog? I only mention it because a friend of mine lives in that area and has walked down the Edgware Road. People throw themselves into doorways. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's, but, I, I, and that's I, not because your mate's not a no, highly it's, desirable it's, package. No, it's dogs. No. It's dogs. Anyway, I think that's interesting because, you know, source for the goose, source for the gander stuff. Then we've got a high-minded political discussion, as you'd expect with a high-minded ex-politician like me. We have to have a high-minded, which I hope won't bore the pants off anybody. I'll try and keep it lively, <laughs> which is, you know, this coalition, at the end of the day, how long can it last? I mean, a lot of people will say they're not actually doing that bad in terms of offering some firm leadership. Mm. But, but who is going to lose out? You know, it was what Talleyrand said. In every, every partnership, is every relationship between a man and a horse. Mm. In other words, there's someone who is doing the driving and someone who is basically yes. exploited and yes. passive. I suspect there are a lot of Lib Dems who think that they are actually being taken for a ride by yes. Cameron. And the ride will have only one destination for them, the junkyard. Yes. And so it would be interesting it's to know... It's the only time they're ever going to actually get into power. I remember years ago people saying, go home, prepare for government. I thought, yes. not really going to happen, is it? But you see, it's good for them, because one or two of them have emerged quite strong. You know, Vince Cable, who everyone yes. thought might fall flat on his face, no. has been doing very well. But the point is, though, if Lib Dem supporters... Do Lib Dem supporters think when it comes down to it, they are right to endorse quite hard-line Tory policies. And I think that's mm. the danger of the Lib Dems is they'll get squeezed. Yes. Well, we are old enough to remember, you know, the, 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 the Lib Dems who associated themselves with anybody who would just be close to getting power. We had the Lib Lab Pact. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and even with no favours at all. That's yes. right. And then um, uh, we're going to talk a bit about, um, uh, you know, the European Commission. Look, I mean... I don't love the European Union, but I think it's like a regrettable necessity of life like rain, you know. Mm. But, but, the, there's a bloke I mean, I've interviewed, actually, I've already done the interview with him, because I suppose he's somewhere else today, um, where, you know, he's defending a 5% increase in the budget for wages for European yes. Commission people. And he's saying, well, you know, it's what we're entitled to. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. We've got all the situation here where all public service people are going to have their pay frozen. Where, to be fair to ministers, they've come in and accept here, they've accepted the 5% pay cut. And yet this bloke is airily thinking, it's actually quite modest, a 5% increase. You're thinking, why should the European Commission, funded by all of us, live to different rules and apparently be living high on the hog when you think they have much lower tax rates than we do? And it's like they're living on a separate planet. And yet, from the standpoint of living in a sport and pampered little community in Brussels, they're, they're making laws for the rest of us who don't live in a sport and pampered little community unless we're privileged enough to work for LBC. What a lovely line. David Bellow, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. David's with you after the news at 10 this morning. Thank you very much indeed. He's, he's going off now to prepare for that. That'll be a cup of tea and feet up, I should imagine, with a chocolate biscuit. Thank you very much indeed. He'll be with you very, very shortly. Uh, Steve, I've been listening for two months, says Nicola. I can't get enough. I love your honesty. Well, that's all you can hope for in this day and age. That's all you can hope for is honesty. And uh, Andy says, a photograph of our first grandchild, Alicia Zara. Oh, look. Little little thing with hug me written on it. Look at that. Looks a bit like Carl, actually. 
Carl taken about a few minutes ago. In fact, you know, about the same size hands and everything, really, isn't it? Look, looks more wide awake than you do, actually. Truth, truth be known on these things as well. Uh, another one. Oh, I love this one from Anna. If anybody can help us with this, because I don't know. Can you can remove superglue drops from an LCD monitor screen? Blimey. I have no idea. I've super glue drops. Anybody got any idea on that one? I don't know. I shall ask my friends Hillary and Alec down at the uh, down at the Barmy Arms because uh, next Saturday uh, they've got a London sixties week do a London sixties week do. In fact, it's it's that bizarre at the Barmy next week that they've got the Eel Pie All Stars playing live, a French film crew who are filming a documentary on the miniskirt. On the miniskirt, we're looking forward to seeing Hillary in her miniskirt. And uh, they're also being redecorated inside, so they've been decorated outside, now they're redecorated inside. And uh, they say they'll be more than pleased to see you for a fruit juice. How nice. Alex's going to get his hair cut specially for the occasion. When I say hair cut, it's just in the singular. Of course I should be down there, absolutely. So Hillary and Alec. Actually, I keep bumping into all sorts of Tom I bumped into the other day. And uh, loads of people who wander... You're very active this morning, aren't you? A bit worried about you today. You're too active. Uh, would love to go on your show, says Sue in Enfield. Can you come to the Millfield Theatre? And Jill says, can you come to the Orchard in Dartford? The Orchard in... Actually, I've, I've thought about the Orchard in Dartford. But I just don't know where Dartford is. It's a, it seems a long way away. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that around the centre of London will be better. It depends whether or not we can, we can find the right size theatre... And, uh, and whether or not, you know, they, they, they can sort of accommodate what we do. Because I think a Sunday's quite a good day. It'd be quite good to do a, a Sunday afternoon. It would save sort of going home. We just sort of come in here and then we sort of pop over the road. That'd be good. And John says, what plant food do you use for your hanging baskets? Tomorite. Tomorite. Oh, you've got 18 minutes left to have a go for the How Low competition. The Sony Vio laptop. <gasps> got to go for it. Brilliant piece of kit. 320 gigabytes of hard drive. Wireless enabled. You can access the internet anywhere with Wi-Fi. The person with the lowest unique bid will win the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down, 10 o'clock this morning. You text Steve, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to 88821. To bid one pound, you text uh, one... I think you do one zero zero for a pound, don't you? If you did one, it'd be one penny. Yes, yeah, so, so one one zero zero. it's in pence. So you text one zero zero. Uh, after Steve, and send that to treble eight two one. Competition finishes ten a.m. this morning. You've only got seventeen minutes left. You've got to be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. I'm having a look at the um, the uh, the white ghost here. It does look nice, actually. Dan and I were talking about the uh, the baby phantom the other day, and here is a lovely one. Only three white ghosts will be made at a hundred thousand pounds more than the £200,000 list price. It's in the Sunday Mirror today, and they've got Quentin Wilson looking at it. And it's got buckets of bling, side skirts, spoilers, 22-inch diamond-polished alloys, brown and cream cabin. And here's the first, a marble-effect steering wheel. The engine tweakery heights the power to 630 horses, which means 60 should hit the dial in 4.4 seconds. And before you ask... All three of them have been sold. In other words, it's people who've got the money and the moment they come out with the, um, the Rolls Ghost and they say, we're only going to do three and it's 100,000 quid over the top, bang, they've gone. 
because that means that you're never going to see it anywhere else. If you want to see some flash cars, back of Harrods, the young uh, boys over from Dubai have got cars the like of which you've never seen. There's a cafe. They sit out at the back and uh, the cars are blinged up and we're seriously talking money. So when somebody says, this car is £300,000, they go, there are cars worth a million out on the street, surprisingly. Did I mention it's Harry's birthday today? Harry's five today. Five years old. Do you know, I wish sometimes I was five years old. There must be advantages to being... What did you know at five? I mean, all you know at five is, they're sweets, this is my mouth, that's my bed, these are my toys, and that's all you need to worry about. You don't need to worry about tax or jobs or anything. Being five is fantastic. And five, of course, is the magic number, because that was the amount of years that this woman had her affair with Mark Owen. And she's telling you about it in the paper today. Why? I've got no idea. But if famous people are daft enough to have affairs with somebody who's going to sell a story, that's their problem. Because you must know it's going to happen. There was a story in the paper the other week, which I cannot mention. But again, it was somebody relatively famous. And and they had a fling. And then immediately got into the papers. And that was really the end of them, technically. And it's, it's just a terrible problem. But the papers thrive on that kind of stuff. I, myself, am far more interested in Toy Story 3. Or failing that, aspects of love at the, uh, at the chocolate factory, where I'm told the second half is an absolute box of tissues fest. You're going to be crying all the way through it. I'm told the same could be said for Toy Story 3. You're going to be crying all the way through it. But Toy Story 2 was on the telly yesterday, and I watched it. And the one thing I watch it for is because Andy Peters went over to America when they were making it, and they let him do one line in the film, and he goes, Oh, there's some more baggage coming down. And they say that as they're in the, uh, in the aircraft, in the hold, and it's Andy Peters doing it. And I always remember, because he went over there. For some reason, it's the only bit I remember out of the whole film. Let's have a check on the travel, shall we, this morning? 14 to 10, it's Craig Burchill. 97.3. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to 10. David Mello is with you after the news at 10 this morning. Uh, I noticed that uh, David Beckham, who spends a lot of time laughing, I noticed on Jonathan Ross's last show, mainly because it's probably easier than actually trying to string two words together. But he did turn up with some goodie bags. In fact, he was uh, offloaded. Sorry, he was giving generously uh, his wife Victoria's fashion range to Jonathan Ross. Great free plug there. Nice to know the BBC are still doing their bit for product placement. Thank you very much indeed. But there were tears over at Albert Square as Barbara Windsor filmed her final scenes that made sure that everybody had a good old knees up by uh, pitching up with, apparently, I'm told, 60 bottles of champagne. The bubbly actress, who played Peggy Mitchell, filmed the final scenes on Friday and uh, she then had a celebration in her honour at the studio bar, and she was given a replica of the infamous Queen Vic bust. Uh, during the speech, she said, I'll probably be watching the show in three months' time and think, why the flipping heck did I leave? Which led to one of the biggest laughs of the night. And uh, then they had lots of tributes and all the rest of it. The one thing, she, I mean, she's not going to be quiet sitting at home. I promise you she's not going to be quiet sitting at home, because she's going to be quite busy. I think Barry's going to make her work as hard as ever. She's got pantomime to do. It'd be nice to have a little holiday first. Well, that would be uh, very good indeed. But uh, she did uh, pitch up. Uh, you're going to see Barbara's final scenes in September. But it, it, it will take some getting used to it. I don't care what anybody says. If you, if you stop doing something after a number of years, it takes... You know, getting used to sort of sitting back and going, oh, I don't have to get up at, you know, four in the morning to pitch out to Elstree or wherever and, uh, and do these films. Oh, they've been to Spain and all over the place. But she's going to be very busy, as you will discover. Nathan says, can you come to the Richmond Theatre? 
But all these different theatres... Of course, Carl was moaning, Noreen, you started it, didn't you? By saying, oh, will Carl be coming to Hornchurch? No, he won't. And the reason he won't be is because we don't want him there, OK? We're not friends. He just happens to work on the show. It's, it's just work, not even colleagues. You know, I sort of bump into him every so often. He's going, oh, can I come out? No, you can't. I said to but he, he wasn't invited. And, of course, you put the cat among the pigeons. That's really embarrassing, so I've got to pretend now, you know, that we're, like, really matey and good, you know, and I have to sort of say to him, all right, mate, and all this kind of stuff. Yes, I'm giving, yes, I'm giving him my shoes next week. Thereby hangs another 15 minutes of the programme, let me tell you. And the reason I'm giving him my shoes is because, A, they are, they are uh, brand new, and B, because he is in desperate need of a pair of brand new shoes. I mean, he really is in need of a brand new pair of shoes. I mean, his, his are, I mean, they are just awful, his shoes. So I've been out and bought Vans. Yes, covers. I, I bought Vans, you see, and the ones I, I first of all bought them with um, laces in. And then I discovered that you get to a certain age and you don't really want to sit down and start doing laces. It's not really my kind of thing at all. So I then discovered they did slip-ons. And I've had to use the excuse for about the umpteenth time in the van shop in Kingston, you know, where he said, oh, you've been back and bought some more. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, because being diabetic, you know, it's, you've got to look after your feet. And they're actually quite comfy. They're a bit like, I don't know what they used to call these, deck shoes or boat shoes or something like that. And, uh, and so I bought three pairs of them, and then I went in the other day and discovered that they do plain colours as well. So I bought plain blue, I bought black, and I bought white as well. They've had to order them for me. And they're really quite... Cut. But the um, the other ones are really nice, the vans, in the two colours. So I've got nine pairs altogether. Yeah, I've got so many pairs of the things. And, and I bought them, and now I'm sort of thinking, I, I can offload these other ones. And I, I said to him, I said, how, how, how big are you? And, and he said, I'm an eleven. Well, I mean, it took me back a little bit, because I'd looked, and I didn't, he didn't look 11 to me. And I said, well, these are 10 and a half. He said, that's right, I can fit into 10. As people do, when they think there's something on offer, they go, oh, I can fit into those. You know, if, if I'd sit, because strangely enough, I'd, I checked with my friend Giles the other day. I said, how, how big are you? And he said, I'm an eight. And I thought, oh, eight's no good. You can't sort of, if you're an eight, you're not, it'd be like walking around with boats on your feet. But 11, you can probably squeeze in to uh, to a ten and a half. Well, that's what I'm thinking anyway. But he, he's, he's willing to go for it. So I said, you just have to remind me next week because I've got a, a dreadful memory, I'm afraid. Uh, you've not got very long. You've got eight minutes left. Eight minutes left for the Steve Allen Howlow today. It's the Sony Vio laptop. This one finishes at 10am this morning, so eight minutes. Brilliant piece of kit. 320 gigabytes of hard drive. Wireless enabled. You can access the internet anywhere with Wi-Fi. As you know, the person with the lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The hammer will come down at 10 o'clock this morning. To play this one, you text Steve, Sutter Ever Eh, followed by your bid in pence and send it to 88821. So if you want to go for 82 pence, you text Steve, Sutter Ever Eh, 82, and send that to 88821. If you want to bid uh, £2.16 or £2.17, then you go Steve, Sutter Ever Air, 217, and you send that to treble 821. This competition finishes at 10 o'clock this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So you've got seven minutes left before the computer switches off. So uh, be good and uh, be quick. 
Huge, though, 320 gigabytes of hard drive. More than enough room to save all your photos, your music, your videos, anything you want to put uh, on it. Weather for today, the clouds should clear by this afternoon. In fact, here in Leicester Square, it's brightening up a little bit. Some sunny spells feeling a little warmer. The high, 23 centigrade. Currently 17. Pollen count, as I said before, was low. Tomorrow, mainly dry. Sunny spells becoming warm. Highs tomorrow, 27 degrees. You have been warned. It's going to be a hottie, so it could be a short day. However, by Tuesday, cloudy with rain, high of 25 degrees. Wednesday, sunny spells and showers, the high 23 centigrade. And Thursday, staying unsettled with some rain, the high of 23 degrees, which seems to be our magic number for most of this week. Uh, the Orchard Theatre in Dartford, says Ollie, is fabulous. 990 seats, perfect for your show. They open on Sundays. Google it and have a look. Let's have a look at that one. 990. That's quite, much bigger than I thought it was, actually. And, uh, Steve, the uh, Cadogan Hall Sloan Square holds about 2,000, says Paula. 2,000 might be a fraction too big for us. Just 2,000 is sort of a little bit too big. You know, I mean, we, we did... Well, actually, I don't know. We did the Fairfield Halls, and that was 1,750. And uh, I think we had 1,800 in there. I think for the last show. So uh, so that was good. But the um, the Queen's at Hornchurch, just nice little size. It's in time eight. And Anthony will be very, very good. But both shows have sold out now, the three o'clock and the seven o'clock show. And that's for the, for the first. And no, Carl won't be there. OK, Carl will not be there. But don't worry, we will let him have photos. And, he, and then Johnny will tell him what it was like and how busy it was. And, yeah, you'll be there in spirit. Large vodka, I should imagine. Uh, Chuck, take a photo of what? photo of you and put it on the stage. No, I, I think you've, you've got the wrong end of the stick here. You've, you've started realising you're more important than you really are. And it, oh, three, three hits on Twitter, I think. You didn't get any more than that. Most of them are for you, I discovered. You were hitting your own site. Have a look at the pictures. Chocoholics, finally, this morning, face having to pay nearly double for even smaller portions of their favourite treats because cocoa has increased in price over 150%. It's gone up, and that means that you will be forking out extra your favourite chocolate bars. The finance group, which is uh, um, uh, Armajaro, bought 240,000 tonnes of cocoa, which is 7% of the world's annual production. So because it's gone up in price that much, it'll be passed on to the manufacturers. So when you go out and buy your chockey bars, they're going to cost you a lot more money. But uh, luckily, I'm not a chocoholic. I am not, strangely, uh, that bothered about chocolate. I could eat... If somebody put down... A box of chocolates. I could probably pick out... I mean, I, I don't like the hard ones. I only like soft chocolates. It's got to have strawberry in the in the middle or Turkish Delight or... What was the other one I had the other day? Orange. I quite like orange filling, yeah. Or, anything, or there's a strawberry mousse kind of filling in some of these chocolates. But to be honest with you, I'm not bothered. I've tried the hard ones. Because one year is our Christmas present from the management. Ideal for a diabetic. We're all given a tin of Quality Street. In fact, for two years running, they gave us a tin of Quality Street. And I did point out... I don't know why it seemed to be the, the favoured Christmas present. A, a few years previously, we'd had wine. I was happier with that one, although now I'm not drinking. And, uh, and they gave us Quality Street. And I remember saying to my boss, I said, um, I said, Quality Street? He went, yes, it's nice, isn't it? I said, it's lovely, I said, for a diabetic. Just the kind of thing to make somebody keel over and die. He said, oh, you've sussed that bit out, have you? So anyway, so I, I always look forward to Christmas presents. But we had them all over the place for, for months afterwards. There were tins of, of Quality Street cropping up all over the place. I love it, actually. There's a, a, a person... All the um, papers are talking this morning about the, the Brits left high and dry after that, uh, that company went, uh, went under Gold Trail. And no doubt we'll be talking about that later on LBC. 
and you'll be podcasting. There are details, actually, on the LBC website. You've only got now uh, three minutes, two and a half minutes to get your bids in for the How Low. Two and a half minutes to get your bids in. Got to be quick on this one. Somebody will walk away with a Sony Vio laptop, and I'll tell you probably on Tuesday who the lucky recipient is, unless, of course, he or she wishes to remain anonymous. Have yourself a nice day. We're back tomorrow morning at 5am. Thank you for, uh, for buying all the tickets at Hornchurch. Look forward to seeing you on the 1st. So just remember the date. It'd be awful if you turn up on the wrong date. It's the 1st. It's a Sunday. It's in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, back with you to, uh, tomorrow, as I say, at 5. Don't forget to podcast the programme, read the blog, and uh, enjoy the weather. After the news, at 10, here on LBC 97.3, it's David Mellor. Enjoy. This is a Ferrari. Hello there. And so is this. And next week on LBC 97.3, you could...